This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Oh, hey, it's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise, here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Day two of the winter meetings right here on A's Cast Live, and we got an unbelievable guest list for the morning show that we're going to roll out. Our buddy, the A's Hall of Famer, and going to be the new owner of the Nashville Stars, Dave Stewart. The World Series champion is going to stop by. Stu, also my partner on uh, NBC Sports California. We do a little A's pre and post on TV. Will join us coming up here at 10 o'clock. Johnny Gomes, the World Series champion, former A, will be here at 1030. Bob Nightingale at 1130. And uh, Robert Melvin, you know him as Bob Melvin, is going to stop by. Funny thing, Cody, is Giants PR learned quickly that um, we'll just go directly to Bob. Yeah, and they're they're pretty cool about it though. <laughs> it, it was Padres media had to learn quickly. We'll just uh, hey, hey, we'll the, go directly to Bob. We've been I did the Bob Melvin show for eight years. I think we can go directly to Bob. Uh, well, the Angels found out, but we just got to wash ourselves too. That was so. great to have Wash yeah. on yesterday. We had a lot of managers. We ended the show with three managers yesterday, so we're gonna have a couple more managers today. Yeah, we, well. we are gonna be back to checking into what's going on with. Baseball in Egypt. Kemp Golden from Because Baseball will be joining us. He's waiting in the wings. He's off to left. Katie Wu, who covers the uh, Cardinals, they've actually done something. I mean, I don't want to break up the morning commute in the Bay Area. Do we have breaking news? Do we have to get the breaking news sounder? Um, I don't think so. Are you talking about the uh, Eduardo Eduardo Rodriguez news? Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't make traffic stop in the Bay Area because he Uh, may be signing somewhere? According to John Morosi. Edward uh, Eduardo Rodriguez's free agency is move, free agent market is moving quickly, and he could reach a decision prior to Shohei Otani. There's news on Otani as well. What? Well, from last night, Rodriguez is in Nashville and had multiple in-person meetings with teams, as John Heyman first reported. That's all we got day two is Eduardo Rodriguez's meeting with people. Yeah, the guy didn't want to play for the Dodgers last year. Who wanted to stay in Detroit? No Let's... offense to Detroit, but you want to stay in Detroit? <laughs> really like the. Ugh. Really like the automobile industry. All right, what do you, <laughs> what do you got? What do you got with Otani? Uh, according to Ken Rosenthal, Mets and Red Sox are out. Uh, he Otani Otani's camp met with the Blue Jays at their spring training facility in Florida last night. So instead of Nashville, they said, let's o- go to Florida. Otani's <laughs> people met with the Blue Jays. Where's where they're like Sarasota or something? Dun- like that? Dunedin, Dunedin. Florida, yeah. No, you're thinking of Sarasota, bro. Uh, Jared Kelnick. So the only thing breaking on a tiny as we speak is that his people met with the Blue Jays in Florida. Let me get the uh, full Rosenthal. Shohei Otani Blue Jays believed to have met Monday at Team's Florida Complex. You know, I 
you hate to say this because you want to pump up everything about being here and at the winter meetings, but it's something that we warned about the economics of baseball, where you have so many different teams who their RSN deals are either ending, they don't know if they're ending. You know, Bally's and Diamond Sports is going to let people know. What was it, at the end of December, how many of the teams are going to continue to carry? So there are teams right now who are here that have no idea what their cable situation is going to be at the end of the month. It's pretty That's I, I scary. Mean, I mean, it's happening with the NBA. It's happening, you know, because we've talked about the Utah Jazz, and we talked to the Utah Jazz, and we're, you know, helping the Utah Jazz out with kind of, you know, what, what we've – what we've done away from television and terrestrial radio. I mean, it's 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 a scary situation. I mean, it's happened in the NHL. Yeah, the Stanley Cup champions are streaming their games. Yeah, you have no – yeah, the Golden Knights are not on cable television. The they pay. won the Stanley Cup last year. This is where the industry is moving in so many different ways, and it's scary in the smaller markets. But, I mean, you wouldn't consider Seattle. I mean, Seattle is having cable problems, as we talked to Ryan Divish yesterday of the Seattle Times. And they own it. They own Root Sports in their, their, their window is open right now. You've got a young star in J-Rod. you got the big dumper. you got all that pitching. You dump Suarez, a power hitter, and you're thinking, well, they're going to try and make a big move for Otani. And they don't make a move for Otani. But you have a lot of teams. I mean, think, we had Rocco Baldelli yesterday. And you're sitting here going, you guys have been in the playoffs. You're a team that should be, you know, you just signed Correa. You still got Buxton to that deal. You should be You should be in. I mean, how are you not all in if you're in the AL Central? And they're not because their, ta- their cable deal is going away. And it's hard to believe to all these teams here in Nashville are not, you know, so we can all sit here and say that the industry is paralyzed because of Shohei Otani. Well, the majority of the teams would never even be in on him anyway. What moves are they going to make? How many teams are really looking to go out and spend a lot of money? Last year, we were flying shortstops. I mean, it was like Trey Turner immediately said, was that 11 years? He was yeah. when we were was, in San Diego, yeah. right out of the gate. Correa signed with like four different teams. and spent. And Correa signed a with a third of baseball last year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still have that, by the way. I got to find that. We got to put that up. The uh, San Francisco Giants, because, you know, before I hosted that banquet, the Giants put out that Carlos Correa on Instagram in a Giants uniform with the with the necklace of the uh, Christmas lights and the Christmas package, and they had to immediately take it down because he didn't. They wouldn't pass him with the physical. I remember when that, that news came out that he didn't pass. I was actually we're I think we were there, and you were on your way to Boise for the famous Idaho Potato yes. Bowl game between my San Jose State Spartans and, and the Boise, Michi- Idaho. And the Eastern Michigan, I mean, if everybody's keeping up was. on Spartan football, we are in the Aloha Bowl, and I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to be Christmas. Wife was thrilled about that. Hey, why don't we go to uh, Waikiki for Christmas for the bowl game? Wasn't having it. Yeah, my wife didn't really give me a yes or no, but we're trying Now, to- we could be flying home on Christmas Eve from the bowl game. It's actually very cheap to fly home on Christmas Eve, I looked. It's just getting there that's expensive. Nothing says Christmas like Coastal Carolina, San Jose State, and the Aloha Bowl. Tyler Thigpen isn't walking through those doors for Coastal Carolina. Neither is Bobby Thigpen, former <laughs> White Sox, who we saw. We saw one of the cool things about Nashville is you. I mean, it's it's you're in the South, right? We had, the one place we were at. There was a big Mississippi State place, and you know we bring on Brantley all the time. Uh, who's that, 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 that foursome of Will Clark, 
Paul Murrow, Bobby Thigpen, and Brantley all on Mississippi State baseball team that went to the College World Series in the late 80s. Seeing the picture of them, of them all really, really young. It was actually, I mean. Pretty cool. Yeah. To see uh, Paul Merrill still rocking the mustache even in college. Paul, Mer- <laughs> Paul Merrill was rocking the mustache in college. Will Clark looks like he's 12 years old. Yeah. He uh, he aged pretty fast in Major League Baseball. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying he just grew up quickly. Are you saying Will hasn't been hitting the gym that we we, oh, haven't, no, had, we just... haven't had Will on a while. Will the thrill. Yeah, he's I mean he's doing a lot of stuff right now. I think he works. Doesn't he work for the Giants now too? Hey, we it? got a lot of Giants people, you know, not just just to poke our friends across the bay. Got a lot of Giants people here that haven't been doing anything. Yeah, we saw our good friend George Contos, first ever streaming guest on this program. Yeah, George Contos, <laughs> they're just sitting around. They're in the they're in the bullpen waiting to do something. Yeah, the Giants. I uh, thought Farhan, he Farhan was coming here with an ATM. He was just be spending all this money. Oh, uh, by the way, we right before we get to Kemp, we are sitting next to Marquis of the Cubs. Networking. There was a, there's uh, rumblings out there. I saw that the Cubs are interested in Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman. Cubs. Matt Chapman. Where, are, are we in? We out? What do you? Do you need intel? We know all about him. I can tell you all about the slumps. Oh. Uh, yeah, we'd like to see Marquee Sports get fired. When was Marquee Sports going to get fired up and get us right? You guys going to make some signings? You've already drove the our, our Cardinal buddy. He's already gone. We drove him out of the. They drove them out of the building, unfortunately. Well, they got, you know. They, they, got, they got Sonny. They got Sonny Gray, five innings every they, every five days. Lance Lynn and they, uh, Kyle Gibson, the three guys they signed. I actually liked what the Cardinals did. Yeah, they're, they're both. Because the Cardinals went out. Cardinals got innings. What, they got three guys that can only, I mean, I mean, Lance Lynn's going to give up the house, but he's going to give you five, six innings. He'll get five, six innings and five or six home runs. But, yeah, he'll, he'll he was, I mean, he pitched a little bit better when he went to the Dodgers, but. I guess they weren't able to save him. They couldn't save Syndergaard either. Those are the two guys. I take Syndergaard right now. He'd be a great A. Oh my God, the flowing hair! Just say, dude, give me five. Five. Can you give me five. Five. <laughs> we sell some Thor jerseys. Just give me five. Thor Day at the at the Coliseum. Let's just let's get uh, let's get uh, let's get Kim going here, because we've got news. We actually have news now. Unfortunately, obviously, what's going on in the Middle East. We have his. We have seen Egyptian baseball right now not being played, and obviously we all understand what's happened um, with what's happened over in the Middle East. But we we do know it continues to grow. What, what year? And we got to fix this, Cody. We got to. What year did we start talking to you about this? That's a good question. I'm pretty sure. Is it like eighteen? I think that's right. And it was just kind of starting up. Right. Where are we now? Now, obviously, with the conflict in the Middle East, you're not playing. But before that happened, where where are we? Well, let's just be clear. Baseball is still being played in Egypt. Okay. Um, again, because we've been working with so many partner schools and orphanages and have equipped them, um, because we have, you know, part of our, our mantra, part of our um, approach is to build capacity. These schools are still playing. These orphanages are still playing. They have the equipment. They have the know-how. Um, it's just from our perspective, um, we did not bring over any coaches as we sort of sat back and, and just made sure we watched what, as things unfolded. And, um, you know, we just wanted to make sure all of our partners um, on each side of the um, ocean felt uh, comfortable with things as they yeah. unfolded. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so to answer your question um, – it was 2017-18, our first event had about 40 kids and their parents, and then the last school year, 
Um, we were multi-thousand kids going through the program. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's really remarkable, and it's, I think it's a testament to a great sport. And more importantly, I think, a testament to the great people that have been involved. I mean, these, these coaches, you know, these retired players, starting with Corey Guerin, Asher Wojciechowski, Brandon Bantz, and then last summer, um, David Hale and uh, Jarrett Parker. These are just amazing people. Who Our own Jarrett Parker? The San Francisco Bay areas, uh, Oakland areas. Jarrett Parker, yeah. I love it. Jarrett Parker, yeah. So he was over there, and um, he turned to me in the first moment uh, with this big grin on his face after about five minutes into play with the kids and said, this is awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, he just he, – he, like all these guys I mentioned, uh, and then obviously John Carlos Stanton last year, you know, all these guys just have a passion for youth, have a passion for the game, and it comes through. And the way that they really love these kids and the joy that they bring to these kids, I think – is as powerful as the talent and the excitement we see from the kids. So it's just a gift for everyone all around. Yeah, I mean, you're teaching a a truly a new sport where I'm sure soccer, cricket have dominated the conversation over there. I just, I, you know, you're teaching a new sport. Now it's not so new. Now they're playing it. They've got the bug. And how much better are we seeing? Because if you're getting former big leaguers to go over there yeah. and you start getting current big leaguers, of course, Bobby Evans, yeah. uh, friend of this program who we just had on yesterday, three-time World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants is, is a big part of it. Yeah. You know, talk about the progress of just what you're seeing in the kids. Well, I think one of my favorite examples is uh, one of the orphanages we've been working with since 2018. Um, when our coaches would go over there, you know, they would – it's always been one of their favorite um, trips. It's about 16 kids in this particular orphanage, all, all young boys who they, uh, their, their mentality, the mindset of this orphanage is we're going to start working with these kids when they're just babies and, and bring them into society. So it's very much in our heart, which is to bring people together, regardless of their background, it's, it was a nice fit for us to work with them. But the point is, early on, we were getting... Out of an hour and a half, we'd go with them. We'd get five minutes of instruction and then an hour and, you know, 25 minutes of them just chasing us around. And, and just we were just there to, to, to be part of their lives. Now, in an hour, we get 50 minutes of instruction. They're dialed in. And the improvement, you know, some of these little, little guys have incredible arms and they have a capacity and interest. So to watch kids go from not really even being interested in the game and having five minutes of attention to that much time weekly when we're there, I mean, that, that in itself, and some of those players are becoming some of the country's best players because of this commitment uh, that both the institution has and we as an organization have to keep going back, to keep investing in these kids. And you're seeing that kind of growth and love of the game that has been fostered from a young age, right? This is not something that's top down. This is a grassroots thing. And that's really where baseball, I think the love of baseball is born in the U.S. And it comes from throwing the ball with your mom and dad. It came from these childhood experiences that have shaped us. And that's the same thing. That's the same approach we're using in Egypt, and we're seeing great dividends pay off. Who's the team that signed the cricket, the two cricket? Was it the Pirates? It was the Pirates, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So we've seen, like, okay, these guys got some incredible arms. I, You know, when we project, like, when we possibly could see maybe some players – not even going to go even at the professional level, maybe the college level. Right. When do you think, is there any projections, any thoughts of when we potentially could see that? I mean, I think it's, I think we're 10 years off. 
I mean, that, that's, that's my opinion. It could be more, I mean, or fewer. It, it's just a matter of there are, I'm sure, diamond in the roughs that could be converted today because there's just great athletes. There's 100 million, 110 million people in Egypt. 75% are under 25. So you've got, that's roughly 80 million people Wait, under 25. 110 million people in Egypt, yeah. and the majority of them are, are young. And that's not unusual wow. for that part of the world and for um, sort of Africa in general. That's just how population demographics look if you look at a distribution. Um, but what's remarkable, again, is that these kids, um, you know, have a hunger for it. And it's, it's, it's in, in, in the society in general, what we found is even kids who have never played the game before, which is the majority of them, because each year we're bringing in new kids who have – we're going back to the same kids and working with them, but also bringing in new ones as we expand the program. The hunger is there for all of them, whether it's their first time throwing a ball or their hundredth time throwing a ball. They love the game. And I think everyone here in Nashville and all of your listeners are not surprised to hear that because all of us love this game that's been so deeply embedded, I think, in our psyche as a country um, and individually in our personalities. So... How much support have you gotten from Major League Baseball? That's a great question. So this, this is our second year in a row of partnering with them for their international play ball weekend. A year ago, 2022, they had an activation on each continent. So they came to us and said, hey, we'd love you to partner with us on this day, mid-June, and be the Africa slash Middle East activation. And so that was, that was what brought Corey Guerin over there a year ago that we talked about this at winter meetings 12 months ago and Bobby came and there was um, a number of other people um, in and around MLB that was part of that delegation this year we did it again they, I don't think they did every continent but they loved the response in in Egypt and they just love sort of the you know they've been very supportive and excited about what we're doing growing the game in a place that was not on a lot of people's bingo cards uh, <laughs> five six years ago and so we did that again and that's when we brought Jarrett Parker yeah. And David Hale. And so if you look at our Instagram, for example, which is just at Because Baseball, you'll see this beautiful picture of, of uh, Jarrett holding a bat and David holding his ball in front of the pyramids in their uniforms. Jarrett's awesome. wearing his Giants uniform. And, 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 and so that has been a really neat thing. And that was, that was our partnership there. And so MLB um, has been huge in that. And just having MLB get excited, it also makes it easier for these players to get excited. But I'll tell you this much, after Corey's trip, he talked to Asher about how awesome it was. Then Asher talked to Brandon Bantz. And, and so now it's a word of mouth thing. Each of these players has such a really cool experience that, you know, I don't have to convince anyone. You know, someone like a Bobby Evans, someone like any of these players I've said can just tell the story and how much fun they had and how amazing it was. So, and, and again, what I'm impressed about over and over again is the quality of human beings that I'm seeing both from a player level and executive level and from a, a league-wide MLB level. There's just some really good people in and around the game that have a heart for it. Um, from a financial standpoint, two teams have really hopped out and been on And board. this is going to surprise the hell out of everybody. Uh, There's two teams, 30 teams in Major League Baseball. This is going to surprise everybody. So the Giants were the first. But no, the, the Giants, you had to bring the Giants? Well, all right, but all right, good for the Giants. The most recent were the Oakland Athletics. And it was an, an extraordinarily generous donation. Um, and it was just, it was so exciting for us to see the heart of the organization for growing the game at that grassroots level. And again, just, I think, another testament to the remarkable nature of the people in and around this game. 
Yeah, the biggest donor to this is the Oakland A's. Who would have thought? Well, it's, it's fun. And uh, you know, the Bay Area has been very kind to us, yeah. starting with Bobby Evans coming on board um, and being, you know, he's a life lifelong mentor to me and friend. And he got on board before anyone else. Uh, he just got on board for the idea. And then he couldn't believe as he went over there and witnessed it and lived it. And, and to this day, it's I think he would say it's one of his favorite things about baseball that he gets to do, uh, you know, when he's not in a big league stadium. Yeah, you think about growing the game, and like we've talked about, I mean, being able to go see the pyramids and the Nile and to do all of that would just be uh, really a dream come true. And now that our our president has backed it up and given you a big donation, maybe we will at some point get over there and see it. Kind of an off-season trip. I mean, how fun would it be to broadcast live with the backdrop of the pyramids? I mean, seriously. I mean, no offense to the Gaylord Opryland. I think they're doing the pyramids would be pretty killer. Yeah, I think I, I think it would be a unique experience, and I think your viewers would uh, tune in just to see uh, maybe what, what you and the Sphinx are up to out there together. All right, give the website out, and I'm sure there's uh, people are able to donate. Yeah. So give the website out again, how people can get a hold of you. So there's a couple ways to, to check out what we're doing. Um, you can follow us, keep track of the tabs of our, our um, journey, which and it's a journey and it's an exciting one, um, on uh, Twitter. It's just at Because Baseball. Instagram will give you a quick access to pictures of these players and kids playing together, these little girls and little boys with smiles on their faces catching the ball. It's just all beautiful stuff. And if, it doesn't, if that doesn't inspire you and, and pull on your heart, I don't, I don't know if anything will. And then our website is uh, www.becausebaseball.org. Again, that's www.becausebaseball.org. And that has a donate button. And, 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 you know, so there are multiple ways to get involved. Obviously, finances are a big deal. I mean, to do what we're doing, that's important. Um, But there's also chances for equipment donation. And if you're a a player at any level and, and have an interest in coming over and and, and coaching, um, we have volunteer trips that are shorter engagement, like a week long, and then we have longer ones, like Asher and Brandon both came over for a month as volunteer coaches, former big leaguers. So there's cool opportunities for players um, as they leave the game in off season. But if you maybe you've been a, a lifelong coach of kids of your, and, and now you want to go over with your son or daughter and give back, it's a real cool chance to use the game to give back in a powerful way and to be a part of something special, a part of something unique, a part of something that's both life-giving and world-changing. So can't wait for you guys to come out and be there with us and show the world, tell the world what you see. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Let's – I don't know. Where are the winter meetings next year? I haven't looked yet. I was thinking maybe – I was just doing Dallas a few years ago. Dallas was the COVID year. Yeah, so I don't know if it's going to go back. I don't, I don't even know where 2021 was supposed to be. I can I could do a quick Google search. <laughs> but keep us updated. Well, I'm grateful. It's always such a joy to share with you where things are. Um, and we'll be starting back up in February. Um, we'll be back on the field in February, which is exciting. And we're, we're doing some remote programming now in addition to what I had commented. We have a number of videos we're making for coaches and kids um, to help them uh, continue to learn um, at home and other places. Um but, yeah, we'll keep you updated. And, uh, again, just grateful to be here with you guys. So excited for y'all's commitment and the A's organization's commitment to what we're doing. Um, like I said, great people. Uh, so glad to be a part of it. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Coming up next, we're going to get you ready. Dave Stewart's going to be stopping by. And this is just not going to be talking about baseball. As a lot of people in the Bay Area know, Dave Stewart is trying to get the expansion team here in Nashville. 
He's got the money in the bank. They've got great architects going, working on the ballpark. They're going to partner with Tennessee State, and they're going to help rebuild part of Tennessee State. The story, which they did a great job covering it in the New York Times, we're going to get the full gist of what is happening with baseball in Nashville. I mean, we've been here Friday, Saturday, and watching everything. We went to the Titans game, so we could talk the Predators game let out as we were partying on Broadway. So we've seen a lot of what Nashville has to offer. Dave has kind of given us updates, but now that we've seen it and we've been boots on the ground, a lot to talk about with the great Dave Stewart. Plus, of course, Dave Stewart as a guy that – Obviously, he's a great player, a three-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP, but he was a GM, assistant GM, an agent. I mean, Dave Stewart's done it all in the game. I think it's interesting to talk to Stu because he was assistant GM with the Toronto Blue Jays. He loved playing. He won a World Series with the Blue Jays. He loved playing in Toronto. Everybody, that kind of seems like, because we all thought it was going to be San Francisco. It was going to be Seattle would challenge really the Dodgers. Maybe Otani would stay in Anaheim. But the wild card out of nowhere really has been Toronto. Stu knows a lot about that. So, And plus, from the agent perspective, that's all coming your way right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. That's right. We are on the road in Nashville for the winter meetings. I guess it just happened on Sirius XM. We had Eduardo Perez on the program yesterday. Uh, Their morning show, they just had the GM of the Blue Jays on. So he's back from Florida Steve Phillips may be one of the best lines so far since we've been here. Where he said, wow, man, you've been everywhere. we got like the Santa Claus tracker on you. You want to hear it? I got it. Yeah, I want to hear it. Here's Ross Adkins with uh, Phillips and Eduardo. How was the flight from Dunedin last night? <laughs> Everybody has me in like four different places. Oh, yeah, no, I no, no, no. We it's so funny. You're like Santa Claus yeah. tracker now. We've got a tracker on you. No, the best was the text messages I was getting from other GMs. You know, everybody's speculating, guessing. Listen, yeah. like... He goes on to talk about how he signed up for that, that, that first one, the Santa Claus tracker. Santa Claus tracker on the Blue Jays GM from Florida back to Nashville. Well, I mean, think about the tracker last year. We had Aaron Judge on the sidelines for third. Well, it was Monday Night Football. It was the Buccaneers. I don't remember who they were playing. Uh, doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden. Tom Brady was there. That's all he's matters. on a plane to San Diego for the winter meetings. And really what he was doing, he was going to Hawaii, but he stopped off real quick. We thought to talk to the Giants, and it was actually to the Padres and A.J. Preller. And then our buddy Bob Melvin was the manager of the Padres and then came on with us to tell us all about it. And a lot of people didn't know about it because everybody thought that he was going to meet with the Giants because the Giants supposedly were going to pay him, you know, because obviously Judge grew up a Giants fan. He grew up in the Central Valley, and – God, who was his? Rich Aurelia was his favorite player all time. Friend of the program. We love Richie. 
the the vintner now. I said, does he have a nickname? Red now? Stitch Wine. There you go. Which really is wine in Napa. But did he have a nickname while he was playing? Aurelia? No. He wasn't. He didn't have a nickname like the Big Dumper or something like he that. He didn't know. He was not the Big Dumper when he was the shortstop for the Giants. Uh, baseball reference usually has nickname, so Let's see if we maybe missed one. Uh, no. Uh, I don't. I don't think they maybe did uh, nicknames back in the day. Yeah, when, but his when wine, was his wine is doing well. Red Stitch Wine up in Napa. He's doing really well. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean, now we're getting all kinds of reports because there's nothing to report, and everything is about the Blue Jays. Now you would think. I think for a lot of people, you'd be like Blue Jays, but you got to remember what an international city Toronto is. Plus, you're backed by a country. So it shouldn't it shouldn't shock you. And they've got a lot of money. The Rogers Company has a ton of cash. They're flush with cash. So making the big play for him, an international star, playing for basically an international team, that could be huge. He'd own the country. <laughs> I'm uh, just saying. I mean he's 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 already made his mark in the United States. Yeah. We've already seen with the World Baseball Classic with the amount of televisions that were on in Japan. And I've been lucky to go to Japan twice with the A's, so I've been over there. I've seen baseball over there. And knowing what a, you know, because we were there for Ichiro's last game, and I got to see all of that. And to think of how big he is, and now you're going to throw Canada in there, it kind of makes sense. Shohei Otani is a Toronto Blue Jay. Uh, I, I, it's still going to be hard to see him not being in Southern California. It's really going to hard to see him not either with the Dodgers or the Angels. Uh, well, apparently they they somewhat during Wash's press availability after he was on with us yesterday. You can find the full interview on YouTube, athletics.com slash uh, youtube.com slash athletics. Yesterday he said uh, they asked him about Otani. He said, "I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to let anything out of the bag." And everyone's like, "Oh, what does that mean?" Yeah. Well, hold on. We got John Heyman news. This is how slow the winter meetings are going. Otani did tell some folks that he knows before knew before his probable Jays Florida visit, he had a positive feeling about Toronto, and a few other cities slash clubs, including the Dodgers. Don't discount the Jays. That's how slow things are going right now. Yeah. When the biggest news is Eric Fetty, a kid who used to pitch for the Washington Nationals in Japan, who? and now in the in Japan can is we, now can, the. Can I get, can I increase my volume without messing anything up? Are we still going to be able to? All right, there we go. Don't take Anaheim out of the deal, and how about Juan Soto? Here you have this talent. He's twenty four years old. He's out there for the taking. Now, you might be waiting because you don't want to give up the type of prospects because you know he's a Scott Boris guy. So is this a one-year deal? I mean, Juan Soto has to really decide as a guy who turned down over $400 million, You really have to decide right now, like, you know, do you just want to keep being a rental player? And the thing that would worry me about just knowing a little bit about what happened with the Padres, what would worry me a little bit about taking Juan Soto right now is when Juan Soto first showed up in San Diego, he struggled dramatically. We saw him struggle the entire from the from the time he got to San Diego from Washington 
all the way into the next season last year, the first part struggled. Do you think about that? It took a while for him to get comfortable. Do you think about, like, all of a sudden you trade for him and you go through this process again, especially if he's a one-year guy? Do you worry about that? So I'm like, I'm like Heyman and Rosenthal with my phone blow. I'm going to go grab Stu. Covering, escort Stu over here. Oh, Stu's early? Yeah, he's in the lobby, so he said, I, was, I told him I'll go grab him. If Dave Stewart is ready to go, let's do this. Dave Stewart, you know, it's been an honor to really be able to get to know Dave with my time doing television with him on NBC Sports California to where, you know, when you get to sit down for basically, you know, you do the show, you prep for the show, but then once the show's over, Brody Brazil will tell you the exact same thing. You then sit and watch the game with him for a couple hours before you do post game. And getting to know Stu and just his journey through baseball and everything that he has done in the game from the highs and the lows, because Dave Stewart has a lot of lows to tell you about. You know, he. When you start talking to him about his time with the Phillies or you start talking about his time with the Texas Rangers, you know, there was there was once a point where Dave Stewart didn't know if this thing was going to work out for him and he might have to go do something else. To then battle through all of that, still believe in yourself to then become a guy that would be a world champion, to be a World Series MVP, to do everything that he did, win the Roberto Clemente Award. And then after, say, you know what, I'm not done with baseball. And we know the journey. I mean, he became a pitching coach, a a very successful pitching coach for Bruce Bochy and the San Diego Padres, and they had a really good team that went to the World Series in 98, and they just ran into arguably the best modern-day baseball team in the 98 Yankees. And then he would start his journey in the front office where he would be an assistant GM with the Toronto Blue Jays and later would be a GM with the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's a lot of great stories there. And Tony La Russa obviously was heading the operation with the D-backs, um, but Stu was the general manager. And then, of course, being an agent. And his wife has carried on because he's had to separate himself from that, but his wife has carried on, and she's still an agent. But when you look at it, the only thing that he hasn't that he hasn't done in this game is be an owner and be a manager. Well, he doesn't want to be a manager. He doesn't want to be in uniform anymore. What he wants to do is be an owner. And going through this process, and by the way, he, he wanted to help Oakland. We've talked about it on this program. The city council, Oakland City Council, did not choose Dave Stewart. They chose the African-American Sports Entertainment Group. And that is something that hasn't really been talked about a lot. Why? I say all the time, it doesn't fit the narrative. Oakland didn't pick Oakland's own Dave Stewart. I saw his renderings of what he wanted to do with the Coliseum. It went all the way on the other side of 880. 
it was spectacular what he wanted to do with the Coliseum property. And, of course, he wanted to work with the A's for the ballpark at Howard Terminal. He would have been the perfect partner. And they did not choose him. Probably for Dave, it's a blessing. Because Dave is now, his sights are on Nashville. And at some point, and I don't know, we have we figured out when the commissioner is going to talk yet. So the commissioner is going to talk at some point. We know expansion is a hot topic. That's why Oakland and Tampa got to get situated. But there is no question. I mean, I don't know what Stu can say, but I know Nashville is Nashville will be one of the teams, or I should say one of the cities selected for the next Major League Baseball team in expansion. They for sure will be one. They've got all their ducks in a row. I've seen a lot of it, and it's spectacular. And I can't wait to talk to Stu, because when I've talked to Stu about it in the past, and we've had him here, I mean, obviously we've had him here on Ace Cast Live a lot. When we've talked to Stu, I didn't have knowledge of Nashville. I've been very fortunate to travel all around the country, but I'd never been to Nashville. Now that I've been here, now that I've seen it, it's the biggest no-brainer. I cannot believe we're not trying to get a team here immediately. There's a lot that goes into it, obviously. It's very expensive to do expansion. I mean, very expensive. The buy-in, I believe, is two-plus billion. So think about that. Before you even build a stadium, before you have the renderings, before you have, before you do anything, you got to have $2 billion to hand over to Major League Baseball that they're all going to split up. So two teams will be selected the expansion sites. Major League Baseball will be splitting up the 30 teams, will be splitting up the $4 billion. It's a major cash grab. They've wanted to get to 32 just like the NFL. This is going to be a minority ownership, which is big for Dave, will be big for baseball. And the Nashville Stars, you know, honoring the Negro League team that played here in Nashville. I mean, the whole thing is just, it, it screams success. Absolutely screams success. And Nashville, as we've been trying to tell you, is a city that is on the rise. So the Titans, I didn't, I, I know I read about it. I kind of forgot about it. What do I care about Titan football? But the Tennessee Titans are going to, they've now been here for, is it 25 years? So the Tennessee Titans are going to be building. By the way, Ray, say hello. Hello. How are you doing in Nashville? you enjoying your time? So far, so good. Being a kid from the East Coast, have you ever made it this far south? No. Well, no, it's southwest. I'm in Florida for Disney World, of course, but never been, never been in Tennessee. Yeah, me neither. So when you start thinking about, the Titans are, if, if you know Nashville at all, or if you've watched, a lot of you have watched the games, obviously, on TV, right next to their stadium is a massive parking lot. Very kind of similar to the Coliseum. They're going to build the new Titan Stadium in the parking lot. And it makes sense. So if, if you've heard about what, how Nashville works, They've got this massive street called Broadway. It's where all the restaurants, all the bars, this place is hopping. It's like Bourbon Street, but new, cleaner, and way better. 
it's awesome. And everybody goes from Broadway and the whole area of downtown onto a bridge that doesn't have cars. It's this massive walking bridge that you walk over the bridge and you go to the Titans game. So what they're going to do is they're going to build the new stadium, probably tear down the old stadium, and then they're going to build more entertainment. I mean, they are just constantly thinking about how do we grow, how do we get bigger, how do we how do we get more of the entertainment dollar? I mean, that's that's you know, there are cities that are like that still, and they're an entrepreneur. This city, and you just see how you 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 know you're constantly bringing people to Nashville. It's one of the reasons why it's the fastest growing city in the United States of America. Some people say it's growing too fast. I'd rather be growing too fast than losing people. And I haven't seen the renderings, but I can I can figure because the stadium you could tell it's it's a cool stadium, the Titan Stadium, but it's not like the new Mecca big, beautiful football stadiums. Well, that's what they're going to get. And they've got the arena downtown where the Predators play. The arena is right next to the big convention center, which is a beautiful convention center. It's obviously not old, so it's relatively new. And they at the Bridgestone Arena where the Predators play, which you have to think. I know Seattle is one of the expansion cities for the NBA. I don't, I don't know who the other is, nor do I really care, NBA. But I don't know. Maybe Nashville's up for that. I wouldn't be shocked. But Major League Baseball here is going to work, and it's going to work big time. And Dave Stewart's going to bring baseball to Nashville. And there will always be that ace connection because of what Dave means to our organization and what he has always meant to the organization. And I don't know if he's going to announce this, but, you know, coming up, he's, he's going to have to – it's going to have so much of his life here now. If you haven't signed up for fantasy camp, I would sign up now because I don't know how many more years we're going to get Dave Stewart at fantasy camp. Athletics.com slash fantasy. I don't know how many more years we're going to get that. So I, I would I would understand that that you need to you, if you if you want to do the because to me last year were the coolest things when you've got Dave Stewart, Dallas Braden with the pitchers, and I was standing behind them, and I you know and they're all dressed up in their their A's uniforms, and Dave Stewart's talking to them about pitching and the big leagues and the. Everybody's eyes were so big, and it's like it's like Dave, and he's got the Dave Stewart cap like that, and you're just like, I stood behind going, this is incredible, right? I mean, it's Dave Stewart. This is a guy who won 20 games four straight years. We'll probably never see that ever again in baseball. Four straight years, Dave Stewart won 20 games, and he's sitting there at fantasy camp, and he's talking to the campers. I mean, it's such an intimate setting there at our spring training facility in Mesa, Arizona. And it was like, man, this is so, this is worth every penny. I remember standing there going, they hadn't even played a game yet. And I'm like going, I, I'd write a check. Let me, if I, <laughs> if I didn't want to get hurt, I'm like, I could, I haven't pitched in a game. My last college game was 1995. I don't think I want to get back on the mound. You sure? Yeah. They tried to get me back. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Well, you would want to halfway it. You'd want to go 100%. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid the adrenaline would kick in next you know, time. And my golf game's too good right now for me to <laughs> go out and blow up my back or my elbow. 
Because, you you know, Tommy John, my friend, is a year-long it's a year long deal, as we know. But that's what I'm saying. This might be Dave Stewart's last time at Fantasy Camp. I don't think he's going to announce that today. Um, but, yes, his commitment to Nashville is it's growing. So he's got a place here now, and he's having to move here full time. I don't know how much television will be able to do a stew going forward after this season. I know he's going to do another year with us on uh, A's pre- and post-game live on NBC Sports California. But uh, this, I don't know how many years left we're going to get Dave doing uh, television with the A's. And that will suck because, I mean, I got to tell you, very fortunate to do it with a lot of different people, but doing it with Dave is extra special, right? Because of the resume is, is second to none. Yeah, you respect what he says. He has, he's, has a lot of insight, as you said. He's having so many roles throughout his career. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it's a baseball life. I know they do a football life on the NFL Network. I wish they'd do that on, and they're, I wish they'd do more of that on MLB Network because I think, like, if you looked at Dave Stewart's life, a kid sneaking into games at the Oakland Coliseum to, to where he is now, you know, growing up with his boyhood friend Ricky Henderson, I mean, the story is unreal. Why don't we, uh, you can make that happen, right? A break? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Coming up, as Dave Stewart is, we've sent Cody out to track him down. The great Dave Stewart, a lot to talk about next, will join us right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. The new summer colors and prints are in stock. The new polos, lightweight, all the colors you want. Fabulous. We got our new order. My wife is so happy that I'm dressing so much better. All thanks to Link Soul. You name it, whether it's polos, whether it's shorts, anything for your summer needs, you need to revamp your wardrobe. You go to LinkSoul.com and they got great summer deals. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All righty, he is here, the A's Hall of Famer, the three-time World Series champion. I've been talking about his resume. He's done everything in baseball except be an owner, and that is right around the corner. The great Dave Stewart is with us here in Nashville. How are you, Stu? I'm doing good, Tony. I'm doing good. I mean, I, I, I we have talked. I, I was telling the audience, you know, when when you do, you know, we've done so much TV together, and we spend all that time, and you know, I've gotten to see so much, and we've talked about so much. It it wasn't till we landed, and I got to really see Nashville over the weekend that I went. This is what Dave was talking about. I was on the <coughs> rooftop bar of Luke Bryan's place. <laughs> And I'm looking down, and I'm seeing everything, and I'm like, Stu was right. This place is incredible. It's an unbelievable place. Uh, you, are, you are here on the weekend, uh, which through the weekend, um, I don't know that you'll find a more busier place. Maybe Las Vegas could compare, I think, maybe years ago. Um, I don't think that Las Vegas is at this level any, anymore. Um, there's people that are coming here from all over the place. You've got uh, – bachelorette parties and you've just got people that just want to see the city um and embrace the 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 culture the music the food um that's what the city is about 
everywhere you go, there's music everywhere. Like every single, every single restaurant bar has been built up now. So at every level that you go to in one place, they'll have somebody performing. The food is unbelievable. There's more cranes in downtown building. Um, it's true economic growth. You're seeing a city. We talk, unfortunately, so much about cities on the decline. This is a city in our country that is on the up. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, and all you have to do is just look at look look towards the sky and do a 360, and you'll see all of the cranes, the buildings that are coming up, the growth of the city is apparent uh, just by being in the downtown area and, and looking at all of the, the the uh, construction that, that that's taking place. Where are we right now with with the Nashville Stars? Nashville Stars, the baseball. Yeah. Um, you know we're we're still in a wait mode. Um, Major League Baseball's got some things that they have to do, um, and Oakland is a part of that. Even though there was a unanimous vote to uh, move to Las Vegas, there's still some some stones that haven't been uh, turned over yet um, in that. Um, and then, you know, in Tampa, you've got uh, two potential sites, but no real site that's been decided yet. And um, so that's got to be taken care of. And, and the commissioner was always very clear that Major League Baseball will not move forward with expansion until those two cities are taken care of. Are we closer? I mean, obviously with the A's, we know the situation there. Are we potentially closer with Tampa? You know, I, I his initial, and when I say his, uh, the commissioner's initial initiative was to try to have some closure on that by the end of the year. I don't think that that's going to happen. Um, and so we just have to, we're, we're in a wait and see. Um, but, but in terms of closer, I mean, we're closer in the fact that at least we know that they do have two potential sites to, to build a stadium. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, it's just a matter of settling on that and moving it forward. Well, your site is already chosen. You're pretty much, I mean, from what I've learned, and I'll let you talk about it, you guys are buttoned up. The minute they say go, you're ready to go. We are. Um, our, our, our place of preference um, is the, the North Nashville area. We're looking very, very closely at uh, Tennessee State University and um, some land that is directly across um, from the university. It's right off the Cumberland River. There's 200 acres there that we can actually do something really nice uh, in the community, uh, build a community, um, enhance the area. There are four HBCUs, including TSU, American Baptist, Fisk, Meharry, uh, um, um, are the are the universities that are there. And so... Um, it's an area. It's Jefferson Street. It's the original um, Music City um, began there with the musicians and entertainers. They were all there, and um, the area is quite different now um, from uh, you know back in those days. But we we hope that we can enhance that area and bring it back to what it used to be. And I know you're very proud of a minority ownership owning a major league baseball team. It'll be you know first. Um, but you know we're we're focused on that, but we're focused on the the, the whole picture. It's minority ownership, uh, diverse ownership. Um, that is the the theme of the day. I think Major League Baseball is trying to grow the game, and that is part of their initiative. Uh, you know, last year we had the first HBCU All Star Game at the All Star Game in Seattle. Um, next year, um, in 2024, they're honoring Willie Mays with the Negro League initiative in Mobile, Alabama. And so Major League Baseball is moving in that direction. They're trying to grow the game, trying to get more Afro-American patronage at baseball games, 
both with the adults and youth. And um, we think that we fit in that scheme of things, and we believe that we can help um, in a lot of different ways, uh, baseball as well as universally. And part of your project is actually to help rebuild part of Tennessee State, correct? Well, um, you know, they've got they've got a they've got a what's getting to be a very very good football program. Uh Eddie George is the football coach there, um great running back for the Titans here. Hall of Famer, yeah. Um and so Eddie George is running back there. I mean, is the the uh coach there. They've been playing football at the Titans stadium. <clears throat> and so we we'd like to we'd like to be able to do a stadium for them. They have a hockey program now. And so we'd like to, you know, be able to make a multi-use of their basketball facility um, and also make it a facility that they can play hockey at. Ten- <laughs> and then, Tennessee State has hockey. <laughs> that's right. We've got hockey. Believe well, it or not. Snow around here? What's the last yeah. time I see snow around yeah. here? <laughs> and so, you know, we, we, we really just, it's a 100-year-old university, um, and there's a lot that's needed. Uh, more importantly, you know, we want to give value to the educational piece of it as well as the entertainment and bring that college uh, back to what it was and what it should be um, as one of the oldest HBCUs in the country. No, it's, it's, I mean, everything is just a great story. It's absolutely a great story. And I can't wait because the commissioner will talk here at the meetings. And since we are in Nashville, I'm sure a lot of the local media is going to ask some questions. I think we're going to have a, we're going to have the commissioner talking about this quite a bit. Well, I mean, he, he's going to definitely talk about, you know, baseball in Nashville for sure. Um, whether he brings up the name, the Nashville Stars, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I've had uh, ongoing conversations with him. I've had conversations with the lieutenant. They are aware of all of the work that's been put in and what we're doing here in Nashville. Um, you know, we want to be partners with MLB and how we put this thing together um, so that when we do it the first time, we do it right. No doubt. And I know your heart was in making things work in Oakland. Didn't work out with you and the city council. It just, it is what it is. It is. Um, And, you know, unfortunate for me, unfortunate for them. um, You know, that's my hometown. Um, And one of the things that they questioned, one was my connection to the community, which you know, I've always told you, Tommy, that I, I clearly don't understand that. And the only way that that could be said if, if people were being, if the representatives of the council um, weren't from from uh, Oakland, California, that's the only way that that could possibly happen. When you say that, that hurts me. And, and I can't imagine what, what that, as a guy that's born and raised and everything you did in your life, especially as a, as a player, when you truly had that platform to help people. You don't win the Roberto Clemente Award if you're not somebody who's all about helping others. I mean, it's legendary stories after the earthquake, what you did. To have the Oakland City Council say you're not Oakland enough, it's, uh, it's beyond me. I mean, there was clearly a, 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 a not very much knowledge, I'll call it ignorance, of exactly what what my meaning in the community was and what it has been over the years um and you know another piece of this and you know it's 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 a maybe but you know when we talked about um the coliseum property and and being able you heard repeatedly the A's say that being able to do a development at the coliseum would have been a possible would have given them a possibility to help with the funding at howard terminal um but part of that and this was ongoing um and the the council um this was one of their requests is that the A's would have a relationship 
with whoever the other party was. And that relationship was already built then, and they still voted against it. And to this day, nothing's happened with that property. And the A's are now in Las Vegas. And so that could have been, a, a you know, it could have been a strong possibility with that happening that the A's would still be a part of the, the community. So um, there were there were, there were were missed opportunities in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, my 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 thing has always been similar to what has been in baseball. If I got a bad start, I'm going to turn the page and get ready in four or five days and, and, and get ready for that next start. And this was turning the page. I've, you know, came here to Nashville. It's, uh, it's a great city. Um, I've been welcomed here. Um, the opportunity to do exactly what I was going to do in Oakland is happening here with the exception of baseball. Um, baseball, we believe it's going to happen here still in 28 or 29. Um, but I mean, overall we, we get an opportunity to really do something great for the community. Yeah. And the community is thriving. There is no question about it. Um, and I just said, hey, people got to get to fantasy camp because I don't know how many more fantasy. I mean, you got a lot going on here. I don't know how many. This might be the last hurrah for you at fantasy camp. You got to get in now. You know, I've been leaning towards it anyway, Tony, of, of, of this being my last one, but not because of baseball related in Nashville. It's just you know, I'm going to be 67 years old. <laughs> so. So when you start looking at the Dave numbers. Dave Stewart's not allowed to get older. You're supposed to always be a 20-game winner. When you start looking at the numbers and you start clicking that calendar, and then when you start getting up in the morning, especially at those fantasy camps, yeah. I start feeling like some of the fantasy campers, whereas before I felt like I was an athlete. I'm starting to feel like the fantasy campers now. And I might have to start spending some time in the training room. So before that happens, i got to call it retirement. Oh, man, but that's why I get in because he is going to be there this year at Fantasy Camp. We will all be there. Make sure that you're there. Um, We've had some talks. I don't know if we've done this on air or not, but with all the talk with Shohei Otani going on, you have such a great perspective as a former agent, as a former general manager. But I think as a former Toronto Blue Jay, as someone was assistant GM for the Blue Jays, and as a player who won a World Series with the Toronto Blue Jays, I don't know if we've talked about this on the air or not. You loved living in Toronto. You loved it. And, you know, all this time leading up before then, everybody talked about, well, it's the Dodgers are the team. And can San Francisco come in or Seattle? Or what about the big boys in the East, the Yankees, the Mets, maybe the Red Sox, you know, throwing the Chicago Cubs, you know, all these different teams. You know, the Blue Jays really weren't talked about. But then I thought about, you know, knowing what we've talked about, how much you love living there, what a great international city. He is an international star. And I've been talking about Stu, like, he's like Tom Cruise. Like, you, you, you want the movie to be a success, you want to make a lot of money, put Tom Cruise in the movie, mm-hmm. you're going to make a lot of money domestically, you're going to make a lot of movie, a lot of money internationally. When you have that kind of star, he's different from regular players because you're going to make a lot of money on him internationally. What do you think, what you know about Toronto, what do you think about that fit for Otani? Well, I think it's a great city. Um, there's, a, there's a large Asian population, but the, the truth is um, there's a large population of everything in Toronto. It's, 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 a, it's a very, very diverse population of people, um, and they embrace um, being Canadians, one, um, but two, they embrace baseball. Um, there have been uh, championships there, and, you know, I'd, I'd be remiss uh, without saying um, deeply saddened that uh, Cito Gaston wasn't 
inducted into the Hall of Fame, a great manager for that team, back-to-back championships. And so there's there's a growing history of baseball in that community. Um, they're a great young team, uh, one of the best young teams, I think, playing baseball at this time. Um, and I, I think he's a great fit for that city, a great fit for that town, um, a great fit um, still continuing in the game of baseball. I mean, he's he's just great. There's nothing that, that doesn't fit for Otani in Toronto, Ontario. You get the whole country. I mean, it's already like he's made his mark here in the United States. He already dominates Asia. Now you get the whole country of mm-hmm. Canada. I mean, it's like it's it now makes sense. It's just unbelievable. If they can pull it off, um, I, I think that it would be a tremendous, uh, tremendous grab for Toronto and for the for the country. Um, and, and once again, Otani will now carry himself into a, a different a different a different place a different different atmosphere he's already in rare air um, when it comes to the game of baseball unfortunately he won't pitch next year um, but he's still a tremendous hitter and a, a great offensive player and then uh, once he's able to uh to pitch um i, I think it's just going to be tremendous so you are representing the A's today to try and get the number one pick in the draft yes we brought in the big hitter Dave Stewart. We brought in the we brought in the big guns to bring in the number one pick. That's a lot of pressure, Stu. Hey man, I'm looking forward to it. Um and I just told him, man, I've been lucky all my life. So if this doesn't happen, if we don't get the number one pick today, don't blame it on me. Blame it on the move to Vegas. <laughs> don't put it on me. Are you excited about this? It's gonna I be fun, ex- right? I am excited. Uh when I got the call and was asked to to be a part of this. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And then I started hearing more that it's a, it's the lottery. And I'm saying, you know, first I was thinking Rule 5 Draft. Why would you have me come here and, and pick you a, a major league player from for the Rule 5 Draft? And then um, then it became more apparent that it was about the lottery. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I feel very, very strongly that um, we'll be able to pull off this number one pick. Um, we were talking about uh, there hasn't been a number one, a number one, number one since Rick Mundy, the first draft. And so um, I'm, I'm excited about the the opportunity to to hopefully uh, put a number one pick in, in, our, in our sights for the upcoming year. Well, as a former GM, you know how big that number one pick is. So it's yeah. uh, it's really big. But, uh, you know. I've said to you before, you know, I've been very fortunate in my life and my career to do a lot of things. But one of the things that's been one of the highlights of my career is doing television with you and sitting down and watching the games and learning from you and just picking your brain about all the things about the game and about life and about business. We talk a lot about business. And, you know, it was when I first got here on Saturday and then Sunday going to the NFL game. And I'm just like, everything you talked about was right in front of me. I was like, I see, I see your vision. I see this town. I see the growth, uh, what you're doing here. I can't wait to see. It's going to be spectacular. It's going to like immediately be one of the best spots. One of the best, you know, we talk about we're the best trips in baseball. Mm -hmm. It's immediately going to be the biggest hit in baseball. People have already talked about, you know, Nashville and players have voted this, uh, the number one place that they'd, they'd want to play. Um, but to really grasp and understand what this city is about, you have to spend some time here. You won't meet better people um, walking the streets. Um, there's great food here. I can't say better food because I would be sliding my, my mom's hometown, New Orleans, 
Um, but there's great food here. Um, there's entertainment, even in the airport. I don't know if when you came in that you you there was uh, there were musicians that played throughout yes. the airport. Yeah, and so you, music everywhere. So if uh, if you miss your flight, don't be offended that you missed it. Just get another one. But <laughs> sit down, have a drink, have some food, and listen to great music, even at the airport. It's just an unbelievable place to be. Yeah, the barbecue barbecue here is amazing, Stu. You're gonna make you're gonna have to make sure you're getting your workouts in. Oh, without a doubt. Because like I was like, when I got brisket and I got ribs, I mean, it's like every meal. I'm like, man, I got you know, Tony, I can put up some weight quickly Tony, in this spot. Tony, you got that frame where man, you can you can eat and you've got your your metabolism runs enough that you can eat as much as you want to and burn it. Brother, remember, I just told you I'm going to be 67. I can't afford to eat like that anymore. Do you know how many hush puppies I can whiff? <laughs> I was woofing down hush puppies. I'm like, more, more, more. <laughs> All right. I've seen it. I believe it. I'm so happy for you. I, w- I want it to happen now. I know it's patience. It's take time. But thank you for stopping by. We know how big this, this event being here is big for you and, and your group. And uh, just having you on is always an honor. Man, I appreciate you having me. The A's Hall of Famer, Dave Stewart, right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You've got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. (laughs) I can sit here and listen to Johnny Gomes, World Series champion. Two-time. Two-time World Series champion. Tell stories all day long, especially his Lou Piniella Tampa Bay Devil Ray stories are some of the best. He ruined Grebe's career. Yeah. Yeah, he he ruined a lot of guys' careers. And ben Grebe was done. And he, he made a lot of guys' careers. Um, I mean, just to start with things like everyone back in the day playing and all stuff, they're like, so managers used to come out and get, like, really upset? I'm like, they come out and threaten the umpire's life. <laughs> And they're like, was it scary? Because, you know, now with instant replay, yeah, it's like, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, check yeah. it out. Keep your temp low. I'm like, man, you had some people with their hair on fire back in the oh, day. Oh, Lou would come out and throw the bag. Oh, he'd, yeah. go out into, he'd go out into right field and throw the bag. And yeah. Lou was a decent-sized guy, and yeah, yeah. he was a fiery player. He missed the Hall of Fame by for the second year in a row. I, I didn't realize it was the second year in a row. By one vote. Yeah, man, we got to get that guy in. You know, you think of him as a player, as a World Series champion, as a champion, as as a manager, and most team, most wins in Seattle. And you, that's the one thing I learned from you was like, you know, Lou taught you. It was a hard way he taught you, but he taught you how to play. Yeah, absolutely. And it's totally switched now. To Lou was really tough on the young guys, right? And you, you had to grind to shine. You had to earn your spot. You had to do everything right. You couldn't make st- uh, mistakes. And now we're kind of into the, at times, big leagues is like 4A. And you kind of lay out just the, the cushion or the safety blanket while in the big leagues. 
I mean, you screw up. You go first to third and get thrown out first out. At, I mean, you're gone right when the game's over. See you. Go work on it down there. This is the damn big leagues. We don't work on stuff. We do stuff. So, yeah, but, um, you know, all that passion that he had, which was exciting, getting thrown out, kicking the bag, all the stuff, it, it part ways into he had his players back. Right, that's why he's out there. I mean, if the manager doesn't care, right, he's not going out there. But you look at a Bobby Cox like that, too. And it wasn't, you know, sparking the team where umpires, you know, and managers kind of get into it now. They're in a slump, and the guy goes out there and rearranges the box or whatever. I mean, you know, if you thought you were safe and they called you out and your kind of body language, here comes Lou. Here comes Bobby Cox. Yeah. Lou would wake up from the nap. Yeah. Yeah. Son, son, what happened? Son, son, son. All right, let me get out there. Yeah. So, you got a lot going on. Yeah, man, I stay busy. All baseball, though, of course, that's all I know. Being but you a, know A's fans love you as much as, you know. I love the A's fans, too, man. Uh, I have – it's just funny. I have, you know, some jerseys hung up on the wall, and uh, they've been hung up on the wall forever. And for the first time ever, like, my A's jersey is getting noticed. And they're like, damn. You get two sides. Like, oh, so cool you got to play there. Right? And then, damn, that sucks. I mean, looking at that A's jersey, right, so I got my 31 A's jersey, 2012, you know, a little plaque piece, and then two pictures, one, of course, hitting a homer, and then the other, one of my favorite pictures is, you know, front side me, two bottles of champagne, Coliseum behind me. Yeah. I mean, spraying champagne at the Coliseum is a pretty exclusive group. You know, granted, we didn't get to make it all the way like the 89 team, but, um, dude, I grew up in Oakland A's pajamas, Right. Yeah. I mean, having the opportunity to go from Petaluma's own, go from pajamas to the uniform, and then be able to spray champagne in the Coliseum, and slowly watching that whole thing dwindle away and become history books instead of making history inside that building. Where do you rate? Because I've always said the 2012 team reminds me of the We Believe Warrior team. Mm-hmm. Right, the We Believe Warrior team made the big trade. Next thing you know, the Warriors got hot. Baron Davis and the boys, they took down the Mavericks. Uh, and everybody, I mean, all Warrior fans, that was like, but they didn't win the championship. But that is a team, like even when the Warriors recently, with Steph and Clay, their champions, they would wear the retro We Believe. I mean, so it means, so the 2012 A's team reminds me of the We Believe Warrior team. You were the leader of that team. It's the only time in the history of baseball that a team won the division and never once, never once led. led. It didn't happen until the very final out, and when the final out happens, the season's over, then you guys were champions. You were the leader of that team, of course, the historic uh, battle with Verlander and the Tigers in, in, in the playoffs, but You've obviously you've won multiple World Series. You've had a lot in your career. But where do you rank 12? I rank that 12 team as, I mean, like where Moneyball is, that's a movie. It really is. That's a movie. I mean, going down the stretch, like we came back. I mean, it, it's kind of tainted me watching the game now. So, like, when it's, like, August 25th and you're 15 games back, I'm like, still a chance. Because I, lived, you guys were like I thirteen and a half back, yeah. yeah you were reel them in. Yeah, we were four games back with five left, and I'm like, there's a chance. And then 
today or, you know, you see a lot of these teams, they're 15, 16 back in August, mailed in. Oh, they quit. Right, mailed in. The front offices quit. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm tainted from that of like, oh, you know, there's always a chance. There's always a chance. I mean, even leaving spring training, I'm like, you know, we got something. You know I do because I thought um, we would just have to beat Anaheim. Right was what I really thought. I didn't think Texas was going to be that good. I'll tell you, they're really good, but that was the first year they get Pujols. That was the first year they get C.J. Wilson. And if you watch this game a lot and you see these big contracts, when you get that big contract year one, you're probably going to have a down year. Your whole freaking life changes. You're so freaking rich. You know, you've been on a team for seven years, and all of a sudden you got a new you know, way a new hitting coach, a new manager, a new home, all the stuff. So I thought Pujols and I thought C.J. Wilson would be down a little bit. Uh, Houston wasn't anywhere where they are now, right? Oh, Houston, no, they're yeah. the Lastros yeah. then, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I tell a story. I was in spring training, and this guy wearing, like, 60-something, like his number, and we're doing uh, pitcher's BP, Right, and he gets in there and just absolutely launches a ball oppo over the scoreboard in spring training, and I go, "Who is that?" Right, because <laughs> <laughs> I knew who's that guy. Yeah, I knew no one coming in 2012. Right, I mean, there's Brandon McCarthy, um, you know, all, all the older guys like Bartolo Colon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, though, um, yeah. you know, Cespedes checks in. I knew Coco, but I'm like, who's that? And they're like, ah, oh, he's just this young prospect. Or he thinks he's a prospect. Or like, da-da-da. I'm like, no, 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 no. We're, that, that plays right there. It's Josh Donaldson, right? No one wanted to believe in him. It was, I was, oh, gosh. I was like, over here in my pocket right now. This little fun toy. Yeah. Right? You can catch, Super athletic. You can catch and play third and hit oppo bombs over the scoreboard. It's like, does, does any, am I the only one here? Yeah, you were the only one like, seeing can, it. Can we, can we jump on this? Well, I'll tell you this. And then you get like a uh, uh, Brandon Moss checking in. You get a Reddick checking you in. You raised Reddick. Yep. Uh, all the way to the Spider-Man costume and friggin' pie and dudes. That was great. Coco running around. Cespedes. Little sneaky Seth Smith, right, coming in. Seth you know? Smith, yeah, good yeah, player. He was doing a lot. And the, and the turnover was pretty crazy, right, the amount of turnover until you finally got it right. And, and the date was June 2nd. From June 2nd on, the A's hit more home runs than anybody else in baseball, and it just kind of clicked. But the one thing that I'll always remember, so we go over to Japan. Yeah. We drank a lot going over to Japan. Yeah, we got drank, drank twice. A lo- yeah, and then come back from Japan. Yep. But it was – Opening day, playing the Mariners again, yep. you were my game one. That was like the official, even though those games counted. Mm-hmm. It was coming back home. Those are You were my guest on the pregame show, the very first. And you predicted on the pregame show, we will win the division. And I'm yep. like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to win the division. And Josh, <laughs> we're going to win the division, and Josh Donaldson is going to be an MVP someday. Like, yeah. This freaking new you guy. predicted you predicted game it was game three of the year but it was really opening day you predicted the team would win the division the team won the division yeah man I mean you got to talk about it you got to do this it was one of the things I learned way back in the day uh, so coming up with the Devil Rays at the time just absolutely the doormat of the American League the American League East of the whole the the deal. But if you look at who played there right from like o two to o six. That was kind of like the landing spot for a veteran that needed like one more year, 
right? One more year. I mean, the dudes I played with, right? My first big league spring training to my right is Fred McGriff, and to my left is Tino Martinez, right? We had Ray Ordonez in there. We had Jose Canseco in there. We had Wade Boggs. Yeah, Hall right? of Famers. Hall of Famers. Charles Johnson, Cliff Floyd, Troy Percival, Eric Hinsky, Alex Gonzalez, shortstop uh, for the Cubs back in the day. So, I mean, I was surrounded by just dudes, and I was just a sponge, all this, all this. And Tino... One time, I think this was like oh, oh four spring training. Um, we're getting to the end of spring training, and he goes, "You want to know one thing I haven't heard in this camp?" And I was thinking, like, bro, this camp was ran like instructional league because we're so young and so dumb and all this stuff. Like, bro, we heard everything. And he goes, "I haven't heard the word playoffs one time." And I was like, "Yeah, you're right." <laughs> yeah. You must have played for the Yankees. Yeah. You know, where that gets talked about from day one. Yeah. Right? So it kind of created this mentality of, like, you know, I mean, who's not going to set that goal in spring training? But you got to, like, believe it. you got to work towards it. you got to understand there's that grind in May, June, July that you're going to have to overcome because you have that eye on the prize, you know, getting into October baseball. All right. What are you doing here? Because you've got a lot on your plate you've obviously the the savannah bananas thing's been a lot of fun yeah man i mean I, I i stay busy i like to get as many jobs as i can and connect with many people as i can so the cool thing about this obviously you're not coming here as a player right so being like post player these like three days like if you don't know how big baseball is come here like, my gosh, you want to know how many departments there are in baseball? You want to know how many shot callers there are in baseball? So you sit back and you watch the game. You see the players, the manager, the general manager. I mean, there are more people here than, you know, you would ever think. This Every team's front office, and we're just not talking like GM's decision. I mean, like, everybody that's in ticketing, everybody's in security, everybody's in uh, – yeah. I'm not thinking this is like marketing, like ever there. This is an, an, an it's it's the industry. It's an yeah. industry gathering. We as like the people that cover the game have hijacked it and act like we're important. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there's just meetings all day long. Like our PR, our PR people came over the other day. And they were talking about like their meetings that they're in. Like everybody is meeting. So it's the one time that every team's PR and every PR has three to five people yeah. and so they all get in this big meeting with baseball pr and they all talk about what the good the bad the ugly promoting this game helping promote this game dealing with everything so like every possible department you can think of in in a baseball team in the business is here meeting yeah like all, all the important people and then which is super cool is you're walking around you have all these like young kids coming to apply want to get into analytics want to get into video work want to get on the field somehow want to get into the mental skills want to get into nutrition so you have this whole little like young group of guys coming in for baseball interviews going all day long meetings going all day long everyone's hanging out want to know where friggin' otani's going you know and you know, where the next guy's going and where this and, you know, the hot shot media guys are here. The local media is here. I mean, baseball as a whole is an absolute monster industry. And it's pretty cool to like when I'm playing, I thought it was just 25 guys, manager and GM. That's it. <laughs> Some fans come, you know, guys like, in the minor leagues. Yeah. 
I mean, stepping back now, I mean, this is a monster industry, and it's great for people that want to get in the game too. I mean, because there's so many different avenues. Like, you don't have to play college baseball, high school baseball. There's so many different avenues to get into the game of baseball. Yeah, San Jose State Spartan. See, a little Boom. little known San Jose State Spartan can be in the game for many years. A little shout out. Um, can we promote the data, people? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's where I'm here for is uh, on the analytics side, you know, a lot of downstream. So two companies, one Yacker Tech, and Yacker Tech is basically like the camera that tracks the ball. So when you see like ESPN, StatCast, all that stuff, yeah. uh, launch spin angle, rates exit, and all that, yeah. spin rate. Um, believe it or not, like, I mean, data is the new currency in baseball. Now, how you use it. Go ahead and use it a lot. Use this, OPS, plus, WOBA, defensive, or you can do whatever you want with it. But you got to have it, right? Uh, so that's what we do is we record ball, you know, ball flight data at the amateur level. A lot of college, about 120 colleges, high schools, junior colleges, all that stuff. And then you come here and you present that data to major league ball clubs. And at the same time, that data is on a platform called Baseball Cloud. So it's Baseball Cloud and Yacker Tech underneath the same umbrella, Um now, when we're presenting data to major league ball clubs, that's when you see how big this industry is. And it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me, to tell you the truth, how there's 30 teams that play the same game, that have the same rules, and all 30 are polar opposite. All 30 are polar opposite. There's something that a team absolutely has to have, values, runs their org on this, and the next team just throws it out. That's stupid. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, right? Like all 30 teams are ran polar opposite playing the same game. And, and what's so interesting about that is that from my time in the NFL to where the NFL, all 32 teams, so the way the NFL has done their business and they've made sure that they have all of their technology and everything that they use is all. So all 32 teams are so similar to where in baseball – all 30 teams can be, as you said, polar opposites. Yeah, I mean, do you have a $300 million shortstop in Corey Seager, you know, going against a 21-year-old, you know, guy at shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Totally different setup, right? $300 million man at shortstop. Five teams are in, you know, 25 are like, heck no. Like, what? Like, not everyone wants this guy or whatever. Like, oh, we got a guy in double A that hopefully is going to come up. I mean, all 30 are ran totally different. Yes. And, it, and it's it's crazy to, to be somewhat on the insides, and you learn so much. And just expanding my baseball IQ, another feather in my hat. So it's a pretty cool space. When we've done the TV together for NBC Sports California, I mean, y- you have technology – uh, or I should say you have data that is just like it's mind-blowing, the data that's out there on every single player, yeah. every single game, both teams, every single – I mean, you have that. I know people pay a lot of money for it. Mm-hmm. I wish I had it. Mm-hmm. I don't have it, but it's like it basically – forget like – I mean, it basically tells you everything you need to know about every player playing in every single game. Yeah, I think the word that changes now is the old school like scouting report, right? Yes. Well, that's data. That's data, right? You look in the outfield, you look in the infield, this kid pulls, you know, a card out of his pocket, two steps in, three steps up. That's data, right? The catcher goes to his wristband, flips it over, and goes 2-2 count to the eight hitter. 87% of the time he does this. Boom, down, there's my pitch. 
Like that's data. Like data is a new currency. Data like runs this whole deal. It really does. And um, if it didn't work, it would be gone. It 100% works. And it's just crazy how 30 teams use it in 30 different ways. Yeah. What do you think about Moneyball? Kind of Moneyball kind of started the whole thing. And then where we are now to think, is there a direction? Like what you know because you've been around, you've been around some front offices. Is there a direction? If someone came to you and said, well, how would you do it? Is there a direction you would go in? I would get as absolute much data as I possibly could on the amateur level and draft studs and get Jacob DeGrom in the eighth round and get Josh Donaldson late, right? I mean, that's where you that's where you have, like, longevity, right? You look at the Arizona Diamondbacks, right? You got basically Christian Walker at first base, who's a 35-homer guy, um, gold glove that was yanked off waiver. So I call that, like, homegrown. Corbin Carroll, Alec Thomas, your shortstop, uh, Merrill Kelly, who you went and got out of, like, Korea. Your shortstop was in the amateur level traded from Toronto. Like, all that was, like, built, you know, on data. So if, if it was my call, I'd get as absolute much data as I could and just dominate high school and college ball and just draft studs. How would you do it, though, from the big league level? How would you do it? How, how would you build your team? I mean, free agency, trades, how would you do it? So at the end of the day, like as analytically driven as baseball is, and it should be, there's one run or there's one stat that sticks out, and it's undebatable, and it's whoever touches the dish more than the other team's going to win. That's crazy. Right. So what you're saying is if I score more runs than you in a game, I'm going to win. You're going to win. And that still works. Yep. And then you got guys. People are, never talk about that data. That's People it. never talk about, you know, they're going to throw all these different analytics at it. I get, Cody, did you hear that? <laughs> Out of all the stuff that you love, you can have your Hawkeye and your Trackman and your Statcast, and you can have all that. You still, it still works today if you score more runs than the other team. Yeah, I, I, I've never really fully understood it until John has explained it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a unique situation. Or you could say run prevention, whoever gives up less. Yeah, yeah, whoever gives up less, but at the same time you can't win a 0-0 ball game. And we don't have ties. Yeah, and you got to score. We don't have a push in yeah. baseball, which we were hoping for when we lost our money in the Titans-Colts yeah. game. Whoever scores more wins. I love stolen bases, and the only base you can't steal is first. You got to find a way to get on. Juan Soto, and I do want to get into, you know, we'll get into Juan Soto in a second. Let's talk about your 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 home run derby mm-hmm. that is going that's been going around the world. Yeah. This is this is something that is growing. Has that been talked about at all while you've been here? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's more of on a global platform, being like a, a global ambassador for the game, taking the Home Run Derby X. And we did have two events because we had so much success for it, one in Hartford, Connecticut, and one in Fredericksburg, Virginia. It's starting to come back here. But, again, how big our game is, we also, which the NBA took, did a really good job of going overseas, right? The more, no doubt. The more fans, the more viewership – and, you know, baseball as it stands right now, I think is way more unique than the other three major sports is it's full blown the Olympics. It is so far from the, you know, best American born dudes, right? I mean, we're all over the place with dudes that are getting represented on the field. Three best players going right now here in Nashville, Otani, Yamamoto and Soto. Mm-hmm. Not one was born in the United States. Nope. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a global game. And then go down to your youth, right? Like, like you think your 13-year-old's good in Vallejo? Like, oh, you got something <laughs> coming, buddy. You go look at those 13-year-olds down in Dominican, or you go look at the academy in Japan. Like, hold your mud and let your kid just have some fun right now, right? Hold on. Little Johnny in yeah. Vallejo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now the wrong way, little Johnny. You're gonna have your shot too. Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna have your shot yeah, too. Yeah, you Johnny. just have fun and have your dad hold his mud. Son, and, yeah, son, son, son. Let's <laughs> not get him an agent before he gets in eighth grade. <laughs> hold your water. Yeah. So you're gonna be. What, you got London coming up doing this? What do you got? Yeah, so there's four. So one's confirmed, and that'd be London again. But, yeah, there's four international games this year. There's a series in London. There's a series in the Dominican. There's a series in Seoul, South Korea. And there's a series in Mexico City. Will you guys be doing this Home Run X? Don't I mean, if there's anything I'm cut out to do post-baseball, it's probably traveling the globe and hitting homers. Still. We all said that. Yeah. That was on the bingo yeah. board. Yeah. And we went, you know, what Johnny's done, what do you think he's going to do? Yeah. Travel travel the world and hit bombs. Travel, but yeah. So, um, yeah, it's super cool. And then just being a, you know, in a global ambassador for the game. The game was so good to me. Like, yeah. I mean, I start that with, you know, the 17 and 18-year-olds that I get in player development. I'm like, you can throw your helmet and you can pout here and there. But this game has given me everything that, you know, I could ever imagine in my life coming out of friggin' Petaluma, California, going up to Santa Rosa Junior College, shout out Bear Cubs, best team in NorCal, um, all the way to finding myself spraying champagne in the Coliseum. Uh, and you just had another baby. That's a grown man six-pack right there. I got six of those things. You got six? I got six I thought it was five. Things. You got six? I mean, when you got genes like me, you better be passing it down. That's how I look at it. Dude, how do you handle six kids? It's eat or be eaten at Gomes' house. Eat or be eaten. Right? You hungry, go to the fridge. What is it, boys, girls? What's the count? Three and three, dead even. Yep. What's the yeah. oldest? 14. Volleyball player, bilingual, English, French. Number two, baseball player, golfer, bilingual, English, Spanish. Three, girl at 11, bilingual, at uh, English and French, little actor, butterfly type, and then we go down into these little caveman kids. Well, yeah, you got to grind. As the youngest coming in, it's yep. eat, as you said, yep. eat or be eaten. Yep, yep. The youngest is a girl, little Oakley Monroe, so she's probably going to be the first female president, so we'll see how that works out. So um, are you, like, trying to track down Phillip Rivers, or <laughs> what's the goal here? Yeah, so we got the NBA starting five with a sub now, so the next sport would be baseball yeah. starting nine, and then we can get into 11, but um, – yeah, man, I'm 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 father of the year. I love it all. It's super cool. I love raising these kids, watching them grow. They're impactful. They're freaking great kids. Now they go, oh, these kids are a mess. My kids are awesome. We walk right down the road, ducks in a row, polite, boom, bilingual, the whole deal. Smart kids, good through sports. It's fun. All right, uh, are you coming back to do some TV? If invited, if invited, I'd like well, I th- to. I, I think uh, you're not only going to be invited. I think they might be asking you to do more. Let's do it. I mean, I'm, I'm biased. But this is days. your future right here. This is it. This is where we're growing this. Yeah. Uh, could be spectacular. I got plan. I I got plans for you. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I love talking the game. The more I talk to the game, it sharpens my baseball IQ. And I do have a passion of getting the mediocre fan more into the game. I love educating them of this is why this happened. This is what they're doing. That was actually a dumb play. That was a great play. Um, 
So I do like educating and talking to the game. Sometimes, you know, you're bumping big. Oh, I don't want to bother you about all this bull crap. I'm like, come on, bring it on. I'll talk ball all day long. Two-time. Two-time. Two-time World Series champion, the great Johnny Gomes. Who would have thought from Petaluma would be walking around with two rings? How about it? So I still have a 707 area code, by the way, on the cell phone. Do you? Yep. Sticking to my roots. Did you know Cespedes was going to be that good? Um, yeah. He was a show pony. Yeah, so uh, he was not gonna, never going to be healthy one hundred percent. Yeah, that's what I say. He was like a show pony. He yeah. was like he was the thoroughbred. He just had to keep healthy and get him to the Kentucky Derby. So, like, I'll give you some insight, and then totally like shout out to the A's department, you know, and the overseas department. All those guys are here, right? I mean, there's yeah. mass scouting. And Billy you know, Owens was the one that said we got to sign this guy. Billy Owens is the man. Billy Owens saw me play in uh, uh, Mexico down in the. Uh, Caribbean World Series. That was the first time I bumped into him, and that was another thing of how big the game is. I'm like, the A's are down here in Mazatlan, Mexico to watch me play. Um, but, you know, you look at it, so now you get into those, all, all this analytic and these swing guru guys. So Cespedes had what you call this, like, barred front arm, right? Like a barred front arm. You'd never teach it. Like, that's bad. You don't want that. And Cespedes had that. And that's what kept a lot of teams away from him and signing him in the free agent market because he has his barred front arm. But we weren't like Michael Young has a barred front arm and all this stuff. You have to have like an absolute. Great for golf. Yeah. You have Great to have for golf. Elite lower half to be able to hit, you know, with a barred front and arm. He had an elite lower half. Yeah. And he smashed the ball. And, you know, everyone remembers that throw in Anaheim all the way home. Um, he was a terrible center fielder. I remember when we first put him out there, I'm like, uh, this isn't working. Well, how about playing left field next to him, who's an absolute truck with the biggest language barrier you can imagine. So I'm running in the gap, right, left-center gap, with just my life on the line. Like, if I go, I got it, I got it, he can't understand me. And I can't understand what I got it, I got it is in his language either. Every time I had to go to my left and left field, I thought my life was on the line. It's like running into Bo Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, so I was like, I'll be over here guarding the line, and you son, get everything. Son, you got to learn Spanish, son. Yeah, son, son, someone's <laughs> got to get another language over. You can't have an interpreter out there, son. Figure it out. All right, yeah. uh, I'll be uh, I'll, I'll be calling you. Be in touch, buddy. Be in touch. Always good to talk to you. The great Johnny Gomes, one of the greatest leaders in A's history right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Here's Chris Townsend. Katie Wu's with us from The Athletic. Uh, you've been with us multiple times. We're finally getting you in person. I know this is great, Tony. I'm so excited about it. How How is everything? I mean, kind of like a lot of work signing the, the, the pitchers early. It's been kind of cool breezing for you. Yeah, you know, so far so good. Cardinals are proactive. Got Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and now they're just kind of Taking it in, seeing what I guess the rest of the industry does while we all wait for Otani and Yamamoto and where those guys are going to end up. And then I think they'll go from there. Thing that is great, and you're trying to explain to people, is just how big the Cardinal fan base is because the Cardinals at one point 
were the furthest team west. I know it was a long time ago. A lot of people, a lot of the young baseball fans have, have a hard time thinking about that. But at one point, no one was further west. The Dodgers and the Giants hadn't come west from New York yet. So the St. Louis Cardinals and their fan base all the way, you know, there was no teams in Texas. So there is still a huge, even in Texas, Card- I mean, the Cardinals own the Midwest. It is unbelievable how big. And the success that the franchise has had for, for so many years, and it was like listening to all the Cardinal fans go, wait a minute, we're not very good. We're not used to it. This was a tough year. Cardinal fans are not used to struggling. No, they are not. Um, and I think it was not just something that the fans had to adapt to. It was the organization. I think it was a big shock for the Cardinals to not just be you know, not really relevant, but to be so terribly bad. I mean, they're going to be – right with the A's in the lottery draft later today. And I never once thought I would be covering, as a Cardinals beat writer, a lottery draft. Hoping for the first pick in the draft? (laughs) How unbrand would that be? (laughs) But, no, I I do think the organization kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit. I mean, the president of baseball operations, John Mosellock, has been there for 16 years uh, as the head of the helm, and last year was his first losing season. I mean, he had 15 consecutive seasons with a record over 500. So, no, not used to losing at all. Fan base, surely not. The players, surely not. Just 2023, I think, a year the Cardinals will be happy to forget about. I like what the Cardinals have done. I mean, obviously, we know Sonny Gray real well. I mean, Sonny Gray we drafted in the first round out of Vanderbilt. Um, Sonny was a terrific A. That was a long time ago. We've watched him mature. A lot has changed in his life. But the thing that I like because we talk about it all the time. It's a number people don't think about. 4,374. That's the amount of outs you've got to get in a baseball season, not counting extra innings. And we don't have enough human beings that are good enough to get all these outs. So we're sitting here in Nashville trying to figure out, and it's almost every single team, we need pitching, we need starting pitching, we need innings. And they may not be the greatest innings, but we need innings. And that's what I like about what the Cardinals have done. You've gotten three guys who, you know, hopefully knock on wood, Cardinals got three guys can at least give you a buck 80 in innings because that's what everybody needs. And that's exactly what they were targeting. You know, when you go out and you publicly declare that you need to acquire three starting pitchers, I think a lot of people will scoff at that just knowing how difficult it is, how competitive the market is. The fact that Mo was able to do that and get three starting pitchers all through free agency, not have to give up any prospects, no trades, all before December 1st, and they got exactly what they were looking for in terms of those innings eater. That, that was, I think, really critical for this team. You look at what they have in their rotation. They only had two starters under contract. Miles Michaelis, who is one of those durable, can't-eat-innings kind of guy, and Steven Matz, who's been good at times but has an injury history. So going out and finding those durable, experienced, been-there-done-that types of guys and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, and then Sonny Gray, a pitcher the Cardinals had wanted since the A's drafted him. I mean, they were looking to draft Sonny right in that year before Oakland took him um, and have been connected to him multiple times, tried to trade for him a few times. To get him there, I think they're feeling very confident about where the rotation is right now, but they still know much more work needs to be done. How much did everybody love that? I mean, I got to see with Sonny and I got to see with Lance Lynn. Guys say, I've always wanted to play here. Like, how much do people just love that? If you want to be a, a Cardinal, a beloved Cardinal, you lead your press conference with that, and they'll fall in love with you. <laughs> Sonny, man, that was I was ready to run through a wall after Sonny Gray's press conference. I was like, oh, he crushed it. Yeah. He did so good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it is cool that, you know, when you hear these players have talked about, you know, I've wanted to be here because it is special to play there. You know, I kind of 
to me, when I think about when you go to Lambeau Field and you see the Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame, it's really it's like the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's kind of similar in St. Louis. When you go to the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame, you see how special it is. You see how this organization truly loves its past, celebrates its great past. And as a player, you, you want that you, you want to play where you know fans are coming from all over to watch you play. Absolutely. And, you know, Cardinals fans travel well. Um, it's an organization that I think takes a lot of pride in its history. And you can see that when you come to Bush Stadium. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to work there every day mm-hmm. and then see that history throughout the field, throughout the stadium, throughout the fan base. You have guys like Nolan Arenado, who when he comes to St. Louis, just raves about the history. Paul Goldschmidt loves the culture. Um, and I think that's where when you look at where the Cardinals struggled last year, it's again, because they have such a prestigious history of winning. And when they weren't able to do that, it kind of cost them their identity. You talk about two big-time players, you know, two guys that at some point, I don't know if they'll be Hall of Famers, they'll get Hall of Fame votes. There's no question about that. A lot of talk, you know, do you hold on to them? Do you trade them? What do you do? What was that like in St. Louis when the outside world was bringing up those two names? A little frustrating just because um, I knew they weren't going to. And, you know, you spend a lot of time, like, actively reporting that they're not going to. And it's still getting out there. And people go, yeah, but. Right. Right. Um, but one thing I will say about the Cardinals, and they're by far not a perfect organization. Nobody is. But they don't rebuild in St. Louis. And they really believe that 2023 was such a one-off for for the organization. And if they did trade Paul Goldschmidt or trade Nolan Arnauto, it would signal a rebuild. Yes. And I think it's actually very commendable that during an era where teams are comfortable losing for five, six years and, and not being profitable and not being dedicated to their fan base – the Cardinals said, no, we're going to hang on to these guys because they're important, and we're not going to do what the industry says we should do or feels we should do. We're not going to rebuild here. They're part of our core. We're not trading them. Tyler O'Neill has been the one name that everybody keeps throwing around, and I know injury history, there was that one play, rounding third. Didn't, I mean, it was like kind of mm-hmm. really blown out, him and Marmol, the manager. Like, where are we? With it? Is he going to get moved? Does he need to get moved? So been reporting for – Weeks now, all, all the St. Louis reporters is pretty obvious that they were going to shop Tyler Neal. And then what Mo did yesterday was a little out of character, but he just went out and said it. He said, yes, we are actively taking offers on Tyler O'Neill. Cardinals have a big logjam in their outfield. They have uh, Lars Newbar in left next year. Tommy Edmond, who can play pretty much anywhere, but center field might be his best position. And they found that out last year. And then Jordan Walker, who's going to be a, who was a big rookie for them last year. That's their starting outfield. Then you have Dylan Carlson, young guy, versatile, a backup center fielder doesn't leave a lot of room for Tyler. And last year, the Cardinals had a heck of a time trying to find playing time for all five of those outfielders. And O'Neill was hurt for half the year, and they still struggled to do so. So it makes sense to move T.O., try to find a, a, a landing spot maybe for, for exchange for some relief pitching, which is the Cardinals' next biggest priority after addressing their rotation. Um, it just seems like the right thing for both parties. They they can't find the at-bats for Tyler next year. He'll be a free agent after 2024. Hopefully he can get a fresh start, have a – healthy season i mean he's a dynamic player a two-time gold glove winner had a 34 home run season in 2021 just can't stay healthy and the cardinals no longer have the opportunity to play him every day so i think it just makes sense for both sides to kind of part ways there he's cheap right Ain't he like 10 11 million something like that yeah last year his last year's of our eligibility um but i don't think the cardinals also would have paid that in arbitration given his lack of production last year so a guy looking for a fresh start Making under $15 million. What does he sound like, Cody? 
An Oakland A already. Sounds like an <laughs> Oakland A already. That's that's a money ball right there. You know what? I could see it. But totally see that, I could right? Because if yeah. there's anybody needs a little pop in some outfield, and and we do have a little money to spend, that could be interesting. But yeah, I mean, he's a player that you're you're just banking that he's going to be healthy. Right, right. Because when he's healthy, I, I really do think he's such a dynamic game changing player, especially defensively. He's just an innately good corner outfielder. Now. These guys over here behind us, mm-hmm. they've, they've talked a big game. Because, I mean, in, in the Central, we, we had Derek Shelton on, we, big friend of the program. I, Cody's from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. so we've developed a relationship. Love their start, love their ending, but there was a there, – yeah, it was middle, bad. The yeah. middle was rough. Uh, Cincinnati, not, I mean, the Central, I mean, it's, it's – Brewers are – we'll see what they're going to be. Right. So it's kind of wide open right now, and the Cubs haven't – they've talked a big game, but they haven't done anything. I mean, the Cardinals, I mean, how are you feeling about the Central? I think it's it's still anyone's division. Um, I think the, the Cardinals, if they play their offseason right, would emerge as the favorites just because this division is so unpredictable, and they have that past history of just finding a way to be good. But I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you're, you're worried about the Chicago Cubs because the Craig Council heist was huge, right? They – have a good core group, guys. It just kind of depends what they can do to get a superstar or make a splash. I'm not necessarily saying Otani or someone along that, that line, but I think if the Cubs have a good offseason, they would give St. Louis a run for their money the, the whole season. Uh, the Reds are close. They kind of need a, an ace, I think, to really be a legit team. Um, but for right now, it's wide open. And these off-season moves up until spring training are going to be really critical, especially for this division, because this division should be a very winnable division next no year. No doubt about it. Uh, it's 11.08 Nashville time here in the central time zone. Day two of the winter meetings. Are you fed up and already tired of Otani? Um, no, I love it. I want to know where he wants. I, I am so invested I want to in know this. yesterday. Right. But if we leave here, if I get on a plane back to the West Coast, and because – we deal with it a lot. Sure, we get a lot of so. Like if we're not if we're if we're still talking about that the Blue Jays are flying around, mm-hmm. and I mean if we have nothing. That's going to be. Yeah, I would like I think for baseball just because I feel like the Today. industry is waiting. Like now, right? let's go. Or yesterday, you know, knock on wood, it was so slow. You know, hot stove is asleep. Um, that's because everyone's waiting for Otani. So from that part of it, for me, I'm like, yeah, let's see where he goes. Where's he going to sign? This is huge. The rest of the dominoes can fall after. But I like the the drama, the angst, because it's such a big story. And, you know, I don't think really anyone knows what he's going to do. Yeah, because you have Yamamoto, who obviously he is somebody that everybody wants, Mm -hmm. a 25-year-old pitcher. Uh, And then we're wondering, okay, when Juan Soto is going, is he going to get down? I mean, we're not even talking. No one's even talking about Juan Soto here in Nashville, really. I mean, you're talking about a – a guy who's 24 years old, a generational player, and it's, it's you know, will the Padres be able to recoup kind of what they gave away for him? Who's going to take him on? His arbitration numbers, he's going to make right around $33 million. Uh, you know, are you going to be able to sign him long term? What do you got? So it's kind of like you got all this other mm-hmm. business going on, but it's like we're all paralyzed waiting for one guy. That's exactly what it is. It's paralyzing for the industry because you wait for arguably the biggest domino to fall. Um in, in, you know, the last decade or so. If that, I mean, he's a generational superstar. So, of course, there's a lot of, of storylines and a lot of drama, but I do think the industry is being held up by this. Um, probably not what MLB wants in terms of what is usually their biggest, most one of their most exciting yeah. weeks of the whole this season, it, not right? just the yeah. offseason. And everyone's just kind of like, eh. 
How, what about Otani? How will you feel if, like, 1 o'clock today you hear, oh, he's re-signed with the Angels? I would feel happy for Angels fans, but I'd be like, all of this I for, see the letdown. <laughs> all of this for that? <laughs> like, Angels fans, I'm not rooting against your happiness by any means. Okay, but. if, if we're, we're at the casino and you're at the sports book and you're lining up and you got the, the teams that are out there, where are you betting or where would you like to see? I don't know if Ace fans are going to like this answer. Don't say the Giants. I'm sorry. Cut I'm the sorry. mic. Cut, we're at, cut it. Cut it. Go to break. Really? Uh, because the Giants haven't had a superstar in uh, since really the Zaidi era. And the last thing A's fans want to hear is me bring out, like, oh, the Giants don't draw an audience. But they haven't. They really, I think, fell off in terms of relevance. And if you oh, keep going, I like this. They have, right? I, I mean, when you, I, I'm enjoying this. So I'm, I'm bringing it back. Yeah, I'm bring it back. It back. Fans. Don't hang up. Don't let's, hang let, up let's yet. Let's hammer the Giants a little more. I'm all in. <laughs> don't hang up yet. There's Down 26 percent ticket sales, by the way. <laughs> Not that I'm counting. Who is right? Yeah. Um, no, I, I feel like they've they've lost their relevancy. They've shown a willingness to spend, but players have chosen elsewhere, which you can't fault them for. They they put the money out there. Free agency is a two way street. Correa is completely different story, but. I think that they have the resources and the means and the desire to do so. And I always feel like, especially with Otani, who is so secretive, so introverted, so insular, the teams that we're not talking about are probably the teams that are in it. Minus the Dodgers, because they're in on everyone. Yeah, Dodgers are way in. I mean, it's it's very obvious what the Dodgers can provide him as an international star. Blue Jays have come on. We, just, we had Dave Stewart and just on the program about an hour ago. And what's interesting about Stu is Stu not only won a World Series with the Blue Jays, but he was an assistant GM there. Mm-hmm. So he can talk about the business at Toronto. And Stu was a former agent, too. And he's like, yeah, Toronto, as an international city, the fact that Otani already has Asia, he now has shown to be the biggest star in the United States. Now you throw an international city like right. Toronto, that could be a fit. Global superstar. I'll tell you the one that, that was really – doesn't hurt me because I'm not a real big fan of theirs because it seems like, you know how, is there a team that you feel like you play in your division way more than anybody else? It seems like, I know what the schedule says, but just, it seems like we play these guys 40 times a year. Do you have a team like that? I think I've seen maybe 600 Cincinnati Red games. There you go. Right? Us, it's the Mariners. Okay. So I've been to Japan twice mm-hmm. with the A's. Guess who we played both times? The Mariners. The Mariners. And then we would come back from Japan, and guess who we'd open up with? The Mariners. The Mariners. Right. King Felix every – I've seen that. It seemed like I've seen (laughs) King Felix pitch more than any human being. So it's just like I'm so over the Mariners. So – but I thought the Mariners, obviously, because when we talk about a huge Asian population in San Francisco, I look at San Francisco because I just immediately, to me, I'm thinking return on investments. I think of all the Japanese airlines that fly into San Francisco. We have Japanese banks in San Francisco. Same thing in Seattle. Like, this is – this is a good fit. Ichiro was huge there. Great fit. And then we have Ryan Divish, who has covered them for a long time, front of the program, comes over from the Seattle Times and goes, no, man, it's not even, not even a chance. They're like, they don't know about their cable deal. The reason they've been trading people off is not to be in the Otani deal. It's like they're they just have to. They're getting rid of I'm like. Like right. the Mariners was supposed to be a big player in this. Right, right. I mean, and they're early like, on, that's who we were thinking of, right? They're cutting payroll. No, I mean, they, they were one of the only teams that's done something so far in their trade of Kelnick. I, I mean, I was at dinner, and I was like, oh, it's starting. This is crazy. Yeah. And then it's been pretty hush after that. But I was surprised that that's Seattle. Ryan Divish, by the way, fantastic reporter, um, just 
kind of completely fell off this and you know who knows what they're doing i think when you look at all these teams and where they stand in payroll this is without even getting into um regional sports networks and all of that it's a tough place to be and you're seeing a lot of teams that did a lot of good work like seattle to be relevant again and to be good again and to be competitive now kind of trying to figure out and patch up their their roster with not a lot of resources you know, we've been talking about this. It's one of the, you know, one of the, th- the reasons why we created Ace Cast, and I'm still thankful for the RSNs. I mean, I work for NBC Same. and do stuff for. Um, but it was. Were you in San Diego last year for the winter meetings? Yes, I was. Remember when the commissioner said, "This is not the future," and then right after that, bang, San Diego lost mm, theirs, yes. and then it's like, and then now we're like looking at it to where we're looking at the Diamondbacks and. And Ryan was telling us how bad it is right now for Seattle. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting at the end of the month where Bally Sports, Diamond Sports, who does Bally, who owns Bally's, is going to let baseball know right. how many teams. You could be looking 10-plus. Almost half the teams have an issue with their RSNs. This is – Cardinals don't have a problem with that. But they don't, I, but they're, they're, even they are worried. Yeah, like how are you – like? and I'm just wondering – we can sit here and talk about everything's paralyzed by Otani, but is everything really paralyzed by everybody's? We had Rocco Baldelli here yesterday. Twins, Twins, Twins yeah. got a major problem. Like you have so many teams that have a problem that maybe that's why it's not really Otani because there's only a couple teams really in mm-hmm. on Otani. Is it really the issue with cable? Why everybody's so paralyzed here at the meetings? I'm sure that's a huge factor in it. I mean, you look at the teams that we just talked about, the Cardinals, who are huge benefit benefiters from regional sports network mm-hmm. RSN revenue sharing. Um, and, you know, I don't really think the Cardinals are in danger necessarily of, of losing Bally sports Midwest um, just because of how impactful that, that area is for them. But even there, like we, we can't overspend here because so much of our payroll and so much of our money and revenue is tied up in our regional sports network. What if they got like they, the Rangers, which just won the World Series. They just won the World Series and they lost their – what if they – because, I, I mean, obviously the Cardinals are so – but what if Bally said, you know, the Cardinals are too expensive. We're out of Cardinal baseball. Then what, right? I mean, that's like a rippling effect for that entire organization because so much of their revenue is tied to regional sports network, their regional sports network and revenue streaming. So I think it would completely paralyze the club. I think maybe you are onto something in terms of revenue – and the uncertainty there with the regional sports networks tying up a lot of these teams and their offseason plans because they're not just quite sure what they can spend. Yeah, so you have the two teams that were just in the World Series. Arizona is now going to a subscription-based streaming, and the whole thing is a disaster in Texas. And they were the two teams in the World Series. Baseball, it's a crazy place. Yeah, it, crazy it, it is place unbelievable. To be. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know today's been a busy day. You guys had the big uh, baseball writers meeting earlier today yes we did we got a lot of manager availability uh, execs lottery draft by the way Could i've be been hearing day. eno saris has been telling us and also melissa lockhart about the athletic you guys have been having a lot of meetings yes some fun we've had some fun too um but no we had our big uh, our big meeting yesterday like our annual summit just uh named a new senior editor who's great mark craig so Vibes are high. I'm always pumping the athletic because I think the journalism is is fantastic. We want to see it continue to grow. Uh, to, to me, 
it's unfortunate as someone when I first got in the bit, I'm almost a dinosaur now, but when I first got into the business, we were all reading USA Today. Mm-hmm. We were all reading the Chronicle, the Oakland News Tribune, the Oakland Tribune, the Contra Costa Times, all these things that are pretty much gone. It's now the Bay Area News Group. So uh, the athletic came in and, you know, it, it still shows that if you have good journalism, people will pay for it. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, subscribe. I, I, the I'm athletic. Say, subscribe. subscribe. Yeah. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Where are we going next? Cardinals to what? We're supposed to have Nightingale, but hopefully, hopefully, Ron wanders over here. Voter speaks in like twenty minutes. That's been the cool thing. Have all the managers Wait. here. You're like, hey, maybe twenty minutes. Hold on, hold on. I got the full schedule right here. Hold on. Hey, come, come, come on. Yeah, over. Voter, eleven forty a.m. Central. Are you pretty much? You're pretty much from here on out. You're cool breezing here, right? You're not expecting other than Tyler O'Neill. There's not. You're not expecting. I'm not, which means they're going to do something, and I'm going to be mad about it. Shohei Otani's a cardinal. Yeah, no way. (laughs) We will talk spring training. You got it. Have a great holidays. Thanks, guys. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You've got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I wish we had more for you, but it has gone absolutely cold, and all the rumor mongers, they've got nothing. And I'm looking in at everybody, and you start seeing... Jeff Passan, John Heyman, John Morosi. I mean, they're all, they just got nothing. Nothing on their timelines. They're just, they've got everybody sitting around and waiting. And what the biggest update we got was JT Morosi saying that the Mariners are considering Cody Bellinger among their free agent options. I mean, how do I buy that after what we got from Ryan Divish yesterday saying things are not good in Seattle financially, and I'm supposed to think now they're going to go out and get Cody Bellinger when you already have J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez? What? 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 To make to make Cody Bellinger a corner outfielder, or you want to turn him full-time first base? Um, I don't know if we're going to get Bob. He said there's a Hall of Fame press conference going on. The great Bob Nightingale? Yeah. He'll stop by at some point. He just did a nice article on Dave Stewart. There's a Hall of Fame? What? what, what, what? I just said there's a Hall of Fame press conference going on right now. Oh, there's a good friend, Martin Gallegos. What do you got, Martin Gallegos? Nothing? Come here. What do you got? All right, we got to hear it. We got Martin Gallegos, who covers the athletics for MLB.com. We were, we were going to do it tomorrow, but let's do an impromptu one now. All right, we'll do a quick one since you're stopping by tomorrow when you're going to have more information. What's up, Tony? You hearing anything? Yeah, I can hear. I, I hear myself. Are you hearing anything out there? What do you got? Oh, <laughs> um, not not anything really concrete. I mean, seems like everything's going kind of slow. I mean, everyone seems to be waiting on like the Otani stuff, and I think that's kind. I of- got a different theory. Yeah. 
I think everybody's waiting on their cable deal. I think everybody – I mean, we just talked to Katie Wu of even the Cardinals who are belly – I mean, they have – everybody's got to be thinking, what happens if we don't get our cable money? Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like, you know, talking to people who cover the Mariners, that's like an issue there too with, with Seattle. So. Yeah, like like J.P. Morosi just put out there that they're, they're thinking about Cody Bellinger, and you're like, wait a minute, what? They're like cutting money. Yeah. yeah. Fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a different, uh, you know, wrinkle to everything. Seems like. So there's nothing out. So when we say the street, we mean the Gaylord street, Opryland. Yeah. Land. Nothing on the Streets street out Nashville. there. You're, you're nothing. Nothing you're getting out there right now. No, no, no not really. I mean, are we are we talking Oakland A's? Well, the A's I didn't you know. expect. Yeah. The A's right now, it's about laying groundwork. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is. I mean, not knowing where you're going to play after next year is you know affecting talks. I mean, we talked to David Force yesterday about that and. Um, you know, you're talking more than a one-year deal with a guy, and, and they don't know where they're going to play after next year. It, it definitely affects those conversations. So it's, it's, I, I you know, it, it makes it, it makes it, you know, a little bit more difficult, um, you know, for this front office to kind of, you know, potential free agents talking to them. You know, uh, is that an excuse? No, no, no. I mean, they do. I just, I mean, you, time. you, I think you can make it, but I mean, for guys that are going to sign one and two-year deals. Are you really worried about whether you're going to be playing at the Coliseum or you're going to be playing at Oracle? No. I mean. The great Stephen Vogt. Legend. Um, who's going to, when does voters join us when? 12-10 after his media availability. I was walking through the concourse yesterday. I just saw him and Jed Lowry last night. Voter. How is our friend Jed Lowry? Voter flags me down waving, and I talked to him. I was like, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. He just waved at us walking by for his pressing. So, Stephen Vogt, stay tuned. We'll be joining us here in just a little bit. Um, Hard to believe it was September. We had Stephen Vogt on the show, and he was talking about how um, he's figuring out how to be down in the bullpen in uniform, and now he's a manager. Yeah, it all happened so fast, but, I mean – Seems like he was. A man. I mean, when I covered him, I felt like this guy's going to be a manager at some point. I think it happened a little quicker than we all thought. But okay, so back to like, if you're somebody who's taking a one or two year deal, at what point is really whether you're playing at? I mean, let's let's be honest. There's going to be games probably played at Oracle Park. I think that's a that's a real possibility. Yeah. Educated guess, yeah. right? From yeah. everything that we're hearing. Do you really care which one? No, I mean, especially, I mean, if you're, say, you're a pitcher, right? Right, either, and that's what one, we're looking uh, for. We're yeah. in the market for pitching, and if you're telling me, hey, here's a two-year deal, we're going to pay you more than, obviously, someone else is looking to pay you, mm-hmm. and you might be pitching in Oakland or you might be pitching in San Francisco. Obviously, San Francisco is a better ballpark than yeah. Oakland yeah. and still pitcher-friendly. So, do you, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is there really yeah. a hang-up like, like, ah, yeah. I don't I mean, know unless they, unless they were to go to, like, you know, AAA Vegas, and yes, that would be – I but, agree. Uh, I, I agree with that, but, but I don't we just think don't that's know. happening. Yeah. yeah, right. I think it's just wanting to have a you know resolution to the whole thing is the main thing. Are you hearing anything about that? Not really. I mean, what everybody else has already reported. I mean, I haven't really heard any you know progress on finalizing anything. I don't know if there's a deadline that they have that they want to meet, but I would assume at some point this off season before the season, you know maybe before spring training um, is when they would you know have a little bit more of a concrete situation there. Well, according to our good friend, the great Mickey Morbido, at some point they have yeah, to. Yeah, Because 
what what we have going here is the 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 the, tra- the traveling secretaries they need to make their plans yeah. and everything needs to be done for 2025 and it needs to be done soon right so you can't be sitting here saying ah we don't know we don't know we don't know if you're going to Oakland we don't know if we're going to yeah. San Francisco we don't I mean now if it is San Francisco it's not a big deal cuz they would just stay in the same hotel that they normally stay in but i mean what if it's Vegas what if it's you know I could get extreme. What if it's Reno? What if it's Sacramento? What, 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 yeah. We just don't know. But that's the big deal. Is they've got to have an answer for the other 29 teams. Because yeah. at some point, the 29 teams are going to go, hey, you're you're screwing things up for us. No, yeah, they have to. I mean, they got to, you know, the schedule comes out so early, you know, almost when the season starts. So I, I, I would think at some point this offseason, there is a set, you know, specific date where it's like, hey, we need, we need you guys to send something in. Now, the one thing that – we have talked about when we talked about the A's down here is, you know, there is starting to be some excitement. You know, if by the by the end of last year, or I should say last season, we started to see the talent. Mm-hmm. You started to see talent. You started to see young arms, you know, Boyle and Essis at the very end. You know, we start to see, we obviously saw what you saw at second base. I mean, it's like you started to see that there's talent coming. You know, hopefully Dave Stewart's going to bring the number one pick for us today in the draft yeah. lottery. Um, they're starting, you know, once you hit spring training, I think this year's spring training will be far different because you're going to have a lot of competition. You know that Ryan Noda can play for his base. You know you got some guys that can play. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you just said you're going to go into spring training with a little bit more, especially on the position player side, it feels like there's a little bit more, uh, you know, certainty as to, you know, Zach Gallo's going to be at second base, you know, third base. Jordan Diaz will be in the mix there. They got a couple other guys. Uh, they just brought in Abraham Toro, but you know those guys will be in the mix. Ryan Noda, you know your outfield. You got a lot of outfield options, who you know showed a lot of good things, at the, especially in the second half last year. Shea Langleyers, you know he's your catcher. Um, I think it's more on the pitching side where it's still pretty unknown, especially on the in the bullpen side, um, which actually you know yesterday talking to David Forrest, I think the main thing he brought up was Mason Miller is probably going to be in the bullpen. Um, yeah, how about that? Yeah, because Mason, because when we brought it up. During the season, like, do you think maybe the bullpen might be a better? No, 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 it's starter, starter, starter. They they held true on him being a starter. It yeah. was interesting that he comes here, and we're going to talk to David tomorrow. So we'll talk to David tomorrow. Like, when was this switch? Because the last time we talked to David at the end of the season, Mason Miller was still projected as a starter. It's only been a month or so. Yeah, yeah. It's been two months where all of a sudden that two months, now all of a sudden we're talking about, ah, oh, it looks like bullpen. Why the change? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, he said it was a group discussion. You know, Mark Kotze was involved as well. I think everyone kind of agreed on, hey, you know, he got through this. He got through the – he came back from the injury. He got through it healthy, uh, it seemed like, from, from all accounts. Um, but their their feeling is kind of similar when they had A.J. Puck a while back. And, you know, he was dealing with injuries. They moved into the bullpen in 22, I believe. He got through that season healthy. 23, they were planning to move him back into the rotation, and they ended up trading him for uh, J.J. Bleday. But um, I think that's how kind of David Force, he kind of pointed to that as an example. Not exactly the same, but um, I think their feeling is if we can put him in the bullpen, maybe as a closer, you know, maybe maybe a multi-inning guy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. But bottom line, if he gets through the season healthy, um, there's a chance he can move back into a starting role. But, I mean, with those guys who throw so hard, man, it's it's you never know. I mean, he's got an injury history, and it's always going to be, I think, a concern no matter what. Yeah, we're 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 chasing velocity, and the reality is, 
these velocity guys just don't stay healthy. And kind of like reminds me of A.J. Puck, right? Yeah. Big fastball, A.J. Puck. And where did A.J. Puck end up and where has he been most successful? Whether it's been the A's or the Marlins, it's been in the bullpen. You get more bang for your buck, right? And yeah. so, th- This is the thing that's always been so tough for us is when, when you're around the team and you're covering the team and the guy goes out and has a start and everybody just crosses their fingers, will he stay healthy? Yeah. And we're going to have to wait for the next start, and we cross our fingers again versus getting into a rhythm as a bullpen guy with that great stuff, and you come in for that one inning, maybe two, blow everybody away. I, I think for me it's been, you know, you get more out of those guys. They become – we still want – we want to have this vision of this starter who goes out and blows everybody away, but we don't allow these guys to develop – and be that guy. We still baby him. We, you know, their pitch count's such a big deal. Their innings count is such a big deal. When they become a reliever, like what we saw with AJ Puck, it's like we can get him in the game as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. I mean, there's other examples too, like Josh Hader, right? I mean, at some, he was a guy who came up and it was like, okay, he's going to be in the bullpen for now, and then we'll move him to the to the rotation. But he ended up being such a dominant closer that you know now he's one of the top closers in the game. And I mean, Mason Miller is such a talent talent on the mound that. You could see him possibly, you know, flourishing as a, as a closer. So, I mean, we'll see. They have they have they have a lot of you know other pitching options as well, starting wise. Not a lot of experience, but um, they're going to go into spring training with some interesting options. And I, I think number one on the list of guy of you know, I guess priorities this off season that they want to sign is a veteran type starter because I think they kind of learned from last year. Kind of worked out disastrously. They took a bet on you know Drew Rusinski coming over from Korea and Shintaro Fujinami coming over from Japan and banking on them to be two of their starting rotation members, and that didn't work out. So I think finding, you know, realistic options for, you know, a proven veteran-type starter is at the top of that list for them. Yeah, the problem is all 30 teams are looking yep. for the same guy. Yep. And it kind of shows you where the industry is, right, at this point when you have everybody starting pitching innings. People need innings. Yep. And that's one thing when we talked about the Cardinals when they get Gray, Gibson, and – uh Lance Lynn is that they they're they're simply buying innings. People are are desperate for innings, and you know that's where we're we're at in the sport. And the A's are the A's are fishing out of the same pond everybody else yeah. is fishing. Yeah, not everybody. There's only a few fishing in the show. Otani. <laughs> uh, everybody else, everybody's fishing for yeah. somebody. Can we? Can you find somebody that's durable? How do you find somebody? And it's tough to like. I mean, we we're, we're looking at a starting pitching list the other day that Tommy Malone on it. That's wild. Tommy Malone. I was like, when's the last time Tommy Malone? Love Tommy. Great guy. Been coming on the show for years, the USC Trojan. Tommy Malone. I was like, Cody, when's the last time Tommy Malone had 15 starts? <laughs> it was 2015. Yeah. That's how desperate pitching is, is he's on the list. You're like, hey, Tommy Malone's available. I mean, hell, do you see Tommy Malone back in Oakland? Yeah. How about the rumors about Marco Gonzalez somehow ending up in Oakland? You know, when I heard that the Braves were going to move off him, I, I thought, that could be an option. I mean, tra- trading for a guy, I think that's honestly might be, you know, a more, you know, realistic route for them than, than signing a free If, if they're going to sign a free agent, you know, it's going to be hard. I mean, there's so many guys competing for the same guys, like you said, and um, they're going to kind of have to wait out the market until, you know, some of the, I guess, tier one names sign and then see who's kind of left after, you know, the melee of, of signing. So I could see that. I, I could see, a, you know, Mark Gonzalez or someone like that uh, in a possible trade. Well, yeah, someone who has pitched in the Coliseum, knows the Coliseum, uh, and, and you'd give nothing for him because they just they, they, they need to get rid of him. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're no, they're not looking to keep him. So. Oh, we're gonna have Schilt showing up for the first time as the Padres manager. As they are going to, we're gonna have Stephen Boat and Schilt going at the same. Is Schilt going right now? Yeah, well, the, the, they must have they must have printed these. Well, it says Schilt on here one forty, but I guess they moved them up. So there's there was an open time slot. I forgot at, it's uh, on the back of our passes. Uh, there was an open time slot at eleven forty. What's a lot of eleven forty five? Like the voters speaking on the other side of us. So, that's so I don't even see Mike Shield on my thing. Look at look at one forty p.m. Oh, oh okay. Open it. He was op- supposed to open up for Dave Roberts. Yeah, but Dave Roberts went yesterday. No, he was just over here yesterday doing some like media scrum. Oh, outside. We, are we going to get Dave Roberts today? I have, I'm, we're hoping. By we'll the see. way, I've had I've had I've had we've got one of my callers who just hates the Dodgers, and then Ken Rosenthal coming out saying, you know, the best organization really is L.A. <laughs> All they do is win. I mean, they they haven't they they haven't brought it across yet, other than the shortened season. But it, what eleven straight years in the postseason? Yeah, I mean that's got a few. That's got to be a good feeling for Dave Roberts, yeah. where you're just every year it's about how do we how do we keep this train rolling, and they still have to be the favorites for Shohei Otani. Sorry, everybody. I think that's the. Are you the, buying Toronto? I don't know. Uh, shoot, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back to Anaheim. I say that and so I get criticized. The, the, I go, the, you know what? It, it's what he knows, right? The more things I hear about it, it, it seems like it's a realistic pot, like more than, you know, more than 50% chance, I feel like. I, I thought know. when he got hurt because he knows the medical staff, mm-hmm. like you know what you know, and, and there's there's not going to be because wherever he, wherever if he signs this $500 million contract or whatever it is, there is always going to be that, okay, when you get – we're going to give you time, and we're going to be patient, but we gave you $500 million. When are you pitching? When are you going to be the superstar? When are you going to come yeah. back? And that's going to be – that's going to always be out there. Yeah. I think, I think, especially for a guy like him, it seems like that comfortability of knowing what, what to expect from, you know, the team that he's already been with since he came over here, I think that's going to play a factor. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but um, I think there's more than a good chance that he, that he goes back, honestly. All righty. Well, go find us something. Yeah, I'll come back to you with uh, with some more. Uh, dig up something on the some street, news. would you? Let's yeah. break some news. Let's do it. Because um, right now, everything that we have going is uh, not a whole lot of news. Coming up next, we're going to be waiting for Stephen Vogt. As I'm looking down, our old friend Susan Slusser, Brody Brazil, the Bay Area media, loves them some Stephen Vogt. So they're down there for Stephen Vogt's first press conference as the Guardians manager here. I mean, obviously he's done the one in Cleveland, but here in front of the national uh, crew, as you got all the national writers there, as he is now the new manager of the Guardians. Once Stephen Vogt is done, have you put it out? You've got to put it out there that Stephen Vogt's going to be here. It's, it's an exclusive. It's, it's been on Twitter for hours. <laughs> it's an exclusive. He'll be here. All right, Stephen Vogt's going to be joining us, Justin, <laughs> probably about, uh, what do you think? Probably, we'll say about, hopefully like, uh, they, I think they schedule twelve ten with us. So does that like twenty minutes? Yeah, we'll see. All right, Stephen Boat's going to be coming up next right here on AS Cast Live.
This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You need to redo your wardrobe, especially for summer. They got new colors, new styles. Summer is here. The polos, unbelievable. The shorts, you name it, we got our new order. My wife is the happiest one out of all of us because I look better, thanks to Link Soul. And they've got unbelievable deals right now for the summer. So what are you waiting for? Shirts, polos, shorts, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Live from the winter meetings, and it is manager time. So Stephen Vote is doing his. Am I here? That Where one, one in front of us. All right. Stephen Vote is doing his press conference. Mike Schilt for the Padres is doing his. These are two not run-of-the-mill press conferences. You have Stephen Vogt addressing the national media for the first time as the manager of the Guardians, and you have Mike Schilt, who's taking over for Bob Melvin in what is a really interesting situation in our game. Peter Seidler, the managing, the managing general partner of the Padres, has recently passed away. Bob Melvin has left the organization. A.J. Preller is still in charge. You have a lot of contracts. I have told you on this program through, should I go my sources, that uh, this was not going to last, the spending. They are now trying to get under $200 million. Big question on Juan Soto. Would they like to keep him? Maybe great, but they're not. They're going to trade him because they can't afford to keep him. In arbitration, he's going to cost about $33 million. They have huge contracts that are, uh, you know, people are still scratching their heads. I mean, you're not probably scratch. You're not scratching your head on the Manny Machado deal. You bought one of the better players in the game. It was the going rate, $300 million. The Fernando Tatis maybe was a little early, premature, but okay. We like to wrap up our young players who think are going to be stars, but everybody was in agreement last year in San Diego that that was a awful deal for Xander Bogarts. Awful. So this is a tough situation because Mike Schilt is now taking over a ship that has all those issues. A.J. Preller, who was protected by Peter Seidler, once again has passed away. I mean, at some points, A.J. Preller in its 10th year has never won the division, has had one wild card playoff run. At some point, he's got to be held accountable. And Mike Schilt left the St. Louis Cardinals because... I would say it was it was a front office. If we if we I wish we had Katie Wu back, but it, it was basically the front office messed too much with the on field product, and there was a a there was a disagreement on how things should be run from the manager's standpoint, and that's why they parted ways. Well, if you don't think you're coming to a micromanager in AJ Preller. Oh, my God. A.J. Preller is a complete – he's one of the biggest micromanagers maybe in the history of baseball to run a front office. 
So how is Mike Schultz? I, I doubt the Padre media is going to ask that. The Padre media is soft, and I'm saying that as they can hear me saying it, but it's true. It is one of the softest media markets. It is unbelievable. It, it You know, I mean, it would be the question I'd ask. Like, okay, it didn't work in St. Louis with the way that front office works. Now, that's a highly – the difference between St. Louis – St. Louis is all about analytics. The Padres front office and A.J. Preller – is more of a scouting front office. I wouldn't say old school, but they're more of a scouting background. They are they are big time, but they are up in your business. So you didn't like St. Louis and Zalak being up in your business. Why why do you think you're gonna like this now? Why is that gonna work now? You know, what do you do with Juan Soto? I mean, there's a there's a lot of questions. I don't know the questions. We, the, the media's back is turned to us, so we can't see or hear what they're asking. But um, there should be a lot of questions. Why, why, why does all of a sudden the Padres work now? It's a good question. And they, like, Which were they were a complete failure last year. Yeah, and Prowler's now on a seventh manager in ten years, and it's it's been a train wreck, and yeah, at what point, your seventh manager in 10 years, at what point is it maybe not the manager, it's maybe the guy making the call on the manager? Yeah, well, I mean, no, how many GMs get that many managers in that many years without winning? I mean, it doesn't happen a lot. Uh, we do have some news. Apparently, Dana Brown has said that uh, Alex Bregman will not be traded. He's a pillar for this club. Dana Brown is the general manager of the Houston Astros. There was rumors out there that Alex Bregman – who doesn't have many years left on that five-year deal. I think this might be the last one. Because that was signed. Remember, that was signed. That was the deal that was signed, and everybody said, well, would Matt Chapman sign something? It's like five years, like $104 million or whatever. And that was the that was always the, will Matt Chapman sign that kind of deal? Yeah. Well, apparently, as we mentioned earlier, the Cubs are interested, interested in him. And then uh, now – Bob Nightingale reported about 15 minutes ago the Cubs' optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned, one high-ranking official said, leaving the Los Angeles Dodgers, Blue Jays, Angels, and Giants as the likely finalist. Cubs out. We're we're next to our Cub guys. We're we're out on Otani. We're next to Marquee Sports, who covers the Chicago Cubs. Um, Let me tell you something. They have the big cable cable channel marquee sports here that does Cubs baseball, and they got their cameras. I mean, we could turn our camera to show you their set and everything. They haven't fired up once today. They've just been sitting here doing nothing. There's, there's not much to really do. <laughs> well, Sadly. I mean, that, that was the big thing that they were supposed to. Uh, Steve Boat's now walking away. They told, gonna, they, he, told, they told me 12-10, so we still got about t- 10 minutes. Uh, so he did. Uh, Maybe he has MLB Network. Okay. I know. He walked away. Um, so hopefully Stephen Boat in just minutes, I guess. Because MLB Network's just on the other side of us. Yeah. So well, they initially, he, this is his yeah. media deal. They initially told me 12-10. I, I see panic on everyone's face, but. Do I look like I'm panicking? Usually I'm the one that does, I'm the one panics, but I'm do, do I look like I'm panicking? Delaire's panicking right now. Do I look like I'm panicking? No. I think he's going to MLB network. Yeah. Um hey, if the ship's going down, I'm gonna be I'll be I'm not gonna be panicking. When the Titanic goes down, we're going down, we're going down. 
uh, by the way, for a voter, we, we do have the audio of when you asked him, well, you know, what have you learned from the manager? You know, September 19th of this year. September we asked, i got to write that down. Write we, that down somewhere because I don't have my notes out in front of me. We asked Stephen Vogt that question. What, is, what have you learned since taking over, you know, coaching, you learned from the manager? But, oh, wow. Look, there's. Oh. Last time we saw him, he was with a different team. The great Bob Melvin has just walked by. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. You know, I might. My love for Bob Melvin, as everybody knows, I have great love for Bob. I might go right in on him. Why aren't you getting Otani? I mean, I might just right go in. I might start taking shots at him. Because you know what? Now that Bob Melvin's the manager of the Giants, he's free game. (laughs) He's free game. What if if he walked over and just sat down next to Schilt during his press conference. Oh, yeah. So, uh, By the way, Schilt's doing it. Yeah, talk about drama. Mike Schilt, new manager of the Padres, doing his press conference <laughs> as Bob Melvin is walking by. Mike Schilt was under him. Now Bob Melvin just walked by as the new Giants manager, all the Padres media. Drama. Do you, does anybody care? Does anybody care? I, I care. We're trying to create news here because there's nothing else going on. I think there's a there, – uh, yeah, thank you. See, uh, somebody's like, yeah, this is – think about that. Bob Melvin should have been sitting where Mike Schilt is sitting right now. Oh, hey, Jeff Fletcher from the uh, Orange County Register. Just to end whatever speculation might have been out there, Perry Manassian said today, Mike Trout is not getting traded 100%. Mike Trout is not leaving. Can, can, I, can we put out there Chris Townsend is reporting – well, every, every every rumor we've heard about um, move movement this offseason, Bregman, Trout. Yeah, put it's it all, out there. It's all Chris Townsend's apart. reporting, Mike Trout will end his career with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And he will have a statue, and Mike Trout will be there forever. Why? Because he's their franchise guy. You don't get rid of that. Mike Trout is going to show up years from now at banquets, at meetings, at dinners, at brunches, and he's going to help sell. He's going to help sell advertising. He's gonna, come on. Can we stop this? Mike Trout is not. Have you ever been? Go, go next time you're at spring training. You're at Tempe when the A's are playing the. Uh, the, the, the Angels, and you go into their store. I know Tani's big now, too, also, but everything's Trout. You're not getting it. Trout is not going anywhere. And they never they never believed that Otani would just be an Angel for life anyway. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, I don't think any of us ever really thought that. No, you never knew Otani was going to be a, 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 an Angel forever. They know Mike Trout is going to be an Angel for He's not going if, to— if Mike Trout wakes up one day and says, I'm out of here, maybe. But Mike Trout has never said that. Mike Trout loved, Mike Trout's living the dream in Orange County. Ray already updated it from Chris Townsend just now. Mike Trout will remain an angel. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. We put it out there. My breaking sources tell me. Who are your sources? Logic. He's not going anywhere. Unless I, Mike Trout's got a sweet place in Orange County. He's lit. I mean, if if I mean, if you haven't been down Orange County, down there in the beach areas, you're playing in Anaheim. It's an easy life. And then in the winter, he heads home to Millville, something. What is it? Millville, New, New Jersey. Millville. Yeah, Millville. Millville, New Jersey. Right, right where, Millville. Is that where it is? There's a Millville. Ville or Vell? 
Ville. Wherever the hell he is in New Jersey, it's a small town outside of Pennsylvania and Philly. And what does he do? He's in the same town with his parents. It's a small little town, and no one bothers him. He goes to Eagles games. Life's good. You you think he's going to give that up to go play for the Phillies? Well, the the, the running joke that – you know, you mentioned the Philly games. I'm sorry I have to go there, but he's seen more playoff games for the Eagles than he has for his. Stop it. I'm tired of you bagging <laughs> on Mike Trout. I'm Cam. My wife's an Angels fan. I'm, I have free reign. I'm tired <laughs> of you bagging on the great Mike Trout. Mike Trout's going nowhere. He's literally one of the best players I've ever seen. He is, nice in, the, he is in the best players I've ever seen category. He's up there, Bonds, Ricky. He's one of the best players I've ever seen. Um, you're saying he's a Mike nice, Schmidt. nice little player? Might, might, might do some things. I mean, if, he, if he stays healthy, he'll be in the upper echelon of the greatest players of all time. Plus, he just he – just, um, He's 30. If he, if he literally stopped playing today, he already has the numbers in the war for the Hall of Fame. It's not even close. The war is taking a beating this offseason as a fraud. I don't know if I even want to talk about war anymore. Probably. If you're going to tell me Jason Hayward has the same war as Dave Parker, that's a fraud. Uh, well, th- that that's the, oh, a lot of it's defensively. Then it's a fraud. If, yeah. you put, if you're waiting outfield defense that much, yeah. it's a fraud. It's a 100% fraud. It's your guy, Bob Nightingale. Yeah, we'll have to maybe do him another time. Hey, there's Bud Black. Oh, Buddy Black. You want to do that press conference? Uh, he was just on Sirius, I think. I saw something on X about it. Buddy Black is great. He's a wonderful man. And he's off to my left, former uh, former San Diego State Aztec Buddy Black. Former Padres manager. But do you want to do that interview? They're awful. And um, their top two pitching prospects, their top two pitching prospects went down with Tommy John within a week of each other. Yeah, it's not good. Hey, remember, and that was what didn't that happen when we were playing in Colorado against them? I think it was so. right around that time where all of a sudden it was like devastating news that the pitching prospects for the Rockies went down. It was it was it was rough sledding. Plus, um, they're they're like us. They're vying for the the number one pick. They have the best. It's like us them and. Someone have the number one odds for the it's three teams. You yes, got what sixteen point six percent chance? Eighteen point three, I think, something like that. But it's us, the Rockies, and I f- I'm blanking on who else was the, the Royals. The Royals, those are the three teams. All right, Stephen Vote is going to be here in moments. We, we've got extra time here into lunch. Yeah, for the great Stephen Vote, who's going to join us in moments. Um, yeah, this is kind of a fun time of the day, though, is when the managers start showing up. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts creeping into where we are here in the Exhibition Center here at the uh, Opryland Gaylord Hotel, or I should say Gaylord. Gaylord's the company, the hotel company. It's the Opryland, the Grand Ole Opry. We got to, by the way, we have to go. That's a famous venue, the Grand Ole oh, Opry. Opry. It's yeah. across the, it's across the, I did the, last night as, you know, you were sitting up there drinking with with vote and Jed Lowry, I was uh, after I went to the gym to get uh, ready actually, for today. You know, you know, actually, he was drinking with us. He was like two tables over. Ace Hall of Famer, Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, and our good friend Tony Larusa was there. Uh you know what? I when you texted me that Tony was here, I, I thought, you know what? What a great time for Tony. 
because uh, you know one of his best friends in this world is Jim Leland. Yeah. And he's here for Jim Leland. And for Jim to get into Smoke and Jim, for Smoke and Jim to get into the Hall of Fame, I mean, what that means for Tony. Just that nickname is just incredible itself, and smoking Jim. Did Jim Leland get back to you when you efforted to have uh, him on the program? I don't think he did, but usually he does. That's he's a little so, busy. Yeah, he, he's probably on these guys again. I mean, that we're I'm not watching the Toledo Mud Hens this weekend. That's usually when we get him. Was on, he's on a road trip watching the Mud Hens. Delaire, our boss, who also works for NBC, says he has a video and pictures of Jim Leland being the manager of the Tigers in the dugout at the Coliseum. Two o'clock, and he's got no shirt on, on his back, smoking a cigarette in the A's dugout. He's got the – can we dig that up? we got to dig it. So when we have Jim Leland on to talk about being in the Hall of Fame, Jim, let me take you back to 2012 and that great battle against the A's. Is Schultz still talking? Uh, oh, wow. Wow. Farron stole voter from us. Farron did? No. Oh. After all the stuff there, well, he's probably because Farron's been off the air. They're just taping it. Yeah, I think they're ta- yeah they're taping. It's all it. right. I mean, we we got we all have to share our vote. We all vote. <laughs> vote votes made his way around baseball. Everybody loves Stephen Vote, as we know. Nobody, uh, we saw it again last night. Nobody works a bar like Mike Farron. Sweating and working the bar like wardrobe. Mike he went through a wardrobe wardrobe change <laughs> last night. <laughs> hey, he he works hard. He, you know, if I was his boss, I'd be like, you know, if you put it, if you put as much attention into the hotel bar as you did your as your show, your show would be a hundred times better. <laughs> when he came on yesterday, when I sent out the tweet that he was on, I put friend of the program and the other guy on with Jim Duquette. <laughs> yeah, and we're getting the Duquette. By the way, our our afternoon lineup is absolutely phenomenal. Bob Melvin will be here. Are we taping Melvin or going live? I, I think we're going to go live. All right, him. we're going to go live at one thirty-five with Bob Melvin. That's what they told me. We'll see. Rajay Davis, former athletic, like Dan Otero, senior senior um, director of on-field operations for Major League Baseball. Okay, you're going to need to write that down, so yeah. I have that. Uh, Jim Duquette, former GM and also the host of the Power Alley, the Duke uh, media star, also does a lot still with the New York Mets. That will be at two thirty. And then Dan O'Dowd, former GM, and my favorite, my favorite guy on television. Where's when we get BK? Uh, Lou never said anything to me about BK yet. Oh, what about uh, uh, Pena, Carlos Pena? I haven't texted him yet. I'm waiting for. I told you I don't want to go over Lou's head because he's helping us with BK and. All right, so we're going to have Dan O'Dowd. I love Dan. Dan will be great talking about the market for Otani, how to get Otani, what is the return on investment on Otani. And then we'll wrap up today with Mark Kotze. Right before the draft. The draft lottery is at 430 Central, so 230 Pacific. So Kotze is going to be here at the end of the program. Yes. I guess him and I think him and David are doing a thing together on MLB on MLB Network after us. And so then the he's got a hard out. Yeah, he's gonna be up by fifty five or so. So we got plenty of time. But yeah, the draft lottery is at uh, four thirty Central, so it's two thirty. Yeah, Pacific. technically at this time of the year, Katze's not on our payroll. Yeah, correct. He's yeah. not on the A's cast during the season. He's on the A's cast payroll. So is David. So is David Forrest. But off season, they're not on the A's cast payroll. So. It's kind of a loosey-goosey off-season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Kotze's been everywhere the last few days, too. People love Marcotze. So I, should, we, should we maybe take a break and then maybe Vote will be here? All righty. Coming up next, Stephen Vote is going to join us from the winter meetings. Hard to believe he's now the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. It's awesome. We'll talk to him next. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. You've got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Just saw Laura Britt from NBC Sports Bay Area. All the Giants people are down there as Bob Melvin is doing his press conference. I mean, it's crazy. You have Mike Schilt, new Padres manager, still sitting here taking questions as now Bob Melvin is doing his press conference. Melvin walked by as Schilt was doing his press conference, it's the whole Padres-Giants. Will there be something to that this year? I know there's a lot of Padre people who will be, there'll be some animosity towards, you've just seen it on, on X, uh, towards Melvin from the Padre crew. And usually you'd say, what does that matter? Well, it does matter now. They're getting $3 million a year. So they're, 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 they're slammed. And when the Giants are in town, it's going to be pretty rowdy. You're telling me it's going to be a big rivalry series. Baseball finally has a rivalry. Unless series. the Giants are throwing out relievers every every game as starters, and you are playing the most boring baseball. Well, we'll ask Bob Melvin. Are you actually going to have starters this year? Uh, I would lean with I. Well, I can't even say yes because we don't know for sure. Um, Bob is a master and this of the is platoon. probably and 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 you know what? Let's be honest. This is probably the first time. Bob is going to be in front of Padre people, media-wise. Yeah. Like, I see Kevin A.C. over there from the San Diego Union-Tribune. This might be the first time that uh, he is actually going to take some questions from the national media or a local media fan base that really didn't get to talk to him all that much on the way out. So we'll talk to Bob coming up here at 135. Interesting dr- there's drama here at the winter meetings, and then there's, what are we doing? You know, unfortunately, I wish we had all these, you know, it, Eduardo Rodriguez not, you know, leaving the Tigers, and supposedly his market's heating up. That That's not going to do it for people, right? Like like Tyler O'Neill, there's being shopped by the Cardinals. That's not going to do it. And, you know, we keep I keep bringing up the one name that it's like, if you were a team that was all in and, and you thought you could make this thing happen with a guy, I mean, Juan Soto, wouldn't you want Juan Soto? Yeah, I mean, 24 well, no years old to be even, available. No one's even talking about Juan Soto. Yamamoto, who is the 25-year-old pitcher who's probably going to get north of $200 million out of Japan. Guy's a stud. You're buying his prime. Who wouldn't want that? No one's talking about him. I just got a text from Nightingale. He wants to do tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Bobby Nightingale, bright he's, and early. Wait, he's right there. Tomorrow we're going yeah. to what, noon? Noonish, yeah. Why do we have to be off? 
there's really nothing going on. They really want to want there's big signings. Well, good thing. Luckily for us, Did you get my tax, John Shea. All right, great, John Shea from the San Francisco Chronicle. Um, we luckily with us, we can just fire up whenever we need to if something happens. All right, so. all right, yeah. Well, if we get that number one pick, well, that's that's going to lead the show tomorrow. Oh, that's going to be David Forrest, right? All of a sudden, if the A's get the number one pick tonight, we'll be scouring top prop, top rated amateur baseball players. Uh, one, there's a couple kids from Wake that are pretty, pretty uh, highly we're regarded. Gonna start, we're going to start researching. Jock to, uh, Jock high to- school. Who is the number one high school guy? Who is the number one college guy? There's Jock Tani, the kid from Florida, that can you know hit and hit and pitch that everyone really liked this year, but he stayed in college. Um, kid from Stanford, he actually transferred. I know that Ferentz went last night. Uh, Montgomery, Braden Montgomery, is that his name? He was a he's a two way kid too. Transfer from Stanford. We might have to, to fire up the Mike Farron again and yeah. say, "All right, hey, who are the best amateur guys that we're going to be looking at?" Because that's the exciting. You know, can you land the King Griffey Jr.? Can you land the Alex Rodriguez? Yeah, um, hopefully we can find we can find that. The last time the A's had one one, well, it only happened once, and that was in two two thousand nineteen sixty five, when the A's selected a young player named Rick Monday, number one overall. And Rick Monday is still going strong to this day. Yeah, Dodgers Dodger broadcast. Game, yeah. And he sounds phenomenal. Uh, Dodgers radio, right? I think he does. I think he might do both, honestly. He does both. Yeah, but I was one. It was after one of our games on a Sunday. It was Sunday night baseball. I was rolling home listening to Sirius XM, and it was Dodger baseball and Rick Monday. I was like, God, how old? The Rick Monday's got to be 78, 77. We've gone through that draft before, right? It was like Fosse, yeah, and Fosse Johnny Bench, Nolan Ryan. Bench and Ryan, they weren't even first-round picks. 78. He's 78 years old. So what are the what, so what are the big issues? Well, there's a big issue. What are uh, what's Stephen Vogt and the Guardians going to do with Bieber? That's a big one. Well, I think well, we're not really seeing it. I haven't even seen anything mentioned about him since we've been here. So that's one thing. Like, remember that was like last week. They're talking about how they're you know shopping him, but they're going to want to want a lot for the former USB University of Santa uh, Santa Barbara, California Santa Barbara product. So they seems, they seems actually, like the Giants would be interested. There was in. rumors about Stephen Kwan being dealt, the two time Gold Glove winner in front of the program. Friend of the program, we can't deal. Stephen Kwan gave me a big hug last time we saw him. He did a good interview with. Um, I think he was on uh, Sirius a couple weeks ago with CJ and uh, Spilly. Did a good interview. But bought a house in Chicago because I think his girlfriend or fiance is from Chicago. So it was good to hear from him after winning a second uh, gold glove. How about we got to ask we got to ask voter once we get him uh, our old friend the Laser. Oh yeah, Ramon's there. Yeah, he's what arbitration eligible? I think so. Still, yeah, because. Yeah, he was. I think he saw like two years left. Because that 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 has been the big thing for the Guardians is offense, offense, offense. Where can they find offense? Other than you know, obviously Jose Ramirez has been one of the best players in our game. But He's, other than him, it's uh, well, we got our guy Bo Naylor. Jo- sorry, sorry, no, Josh Naylor, the oldest one, the brother <laughs> catcher's Bo. Yeah, Bo's the yeah the younger one, and then but, we, I mean, have, we actually have the we youngest got the third one. Nailer. We got Miles. We got Miles Naylor. But I mean, where where you know what's the strategy? 
Actually, you know what? It's there's. I mean, this is a whole new thing for Stephen Vogt. Had to build a staff. Now he's got to run spring training. I think he. Um, I think it was reported finally that they didn't say what, but they he hired uh, the Guardians hired Kai Correa, the former Giants bench coach, to some role with the the Guardians. That's right. Well, he came from the Guardians. Is that where he came from? Yeah. Okay. He was a part of that. He ran something in their minor league system before the Giants, but now he has gone back. So he's a Tito guy. Yeah, you're replacing uh, a guy that we love to throw future Hall of Famer around. I think there's no question Terry Francona will. I think he's done a nice job in his career with a couple franchises. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you win a couple World Series titles, and then you look what he did. You know, he's the all-time leader in Cleveland. And then you look at what he did in Boston. He's, I mean, you're replacing a Hall of Fame manager. Be, I don't know what the expectations are for a vote, but, I mean, obviously maybe one of the division because that division is so up and down, <laughs> especially with uh, we don't know what's going on with Minnesota and Detroit, although they just gave A.J. Hinch an extension yesterday. Which a long, uh, yeah, long-term when, extension. When we were at Fuse Sports Bar watching Monday Night Football, they also had MLB Network on, and it was on the ticker where it said long extension for A.J. Uh, Rob Thompson got an extension with the Phillies. That, that's been some of the news that has gone on. But uh, A.J. Hinch with a long extension? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they said whatever the years were. Uh, let's see if I can find Maybe they might have reported it. Um, hold on, it's loading. Well, the new brass went in there, and obviously things have worked well with the new brass. Yeah, they apparently like the, the direction of the team. Um, terms of the were not announced. Hinch had been managing under a five-year contract that he signed when they hired him in 2020. So, I don't know, maybe this added years onto that. It didn't say that the what the years were. It just says long-term extension. So, when you're in the Central and you know that the Twins are shedding payroll, I mean, the White Sox are a mess. I mean, what do you think about the one team that has been kind of the steady Eddie in the American League Central has been Cleveland. Yeah, they've been for the last like 15 plus years because of Tito and everything. And they've done such a good job of scouting and developing and they're starting pitchers they develop. There's been so many of them and they're making guys better. They've sort of been challenged offensively with a lot of their guys. And you mentioned Jose Ramirez, one of the most underrated players in baseball still, to, in my opinion. I don't think we talk about him enough, how good he is offensively, defensively, what he means for that franchise. He signed the long-term extension when everyone thought he was going to get traded. Remember those were, was that last year, the rumors where he's going to get traded, and then he signs the extension? So, that was a couple of years ago when he got on the plane. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were sitting on the tarmac in Arizona, and the negotiations were going on. He's either getting traded or he's signing an extension. And they're all the teams sitting on the way the story goes – they're sitting on the plane in Arizona, and they're waiting, they're waiting, and all of a sudden, Jose Ramirez shows up, and everybody goes nuts, and uh, they knew that he was sticking around and that, that he was staying. And obviously, for Stephen Vogt, that was great news. He is here, the new manager of the Guardians. We want to play something for you that was literally two months ago. It was two months ago at the Oakland Coliseum. I had them dig this up because I think it's absolutely – are we ready to go? Yeah. All right, play it. When you look at 
going forward for you? What have you learned where you go, man, I didn't realize the manager does this? Because you were so much involved. And like you said, it's almost like you were like a player manager at the time. But what what have you learned from coaching, looking at the manager? I don't know. You're now the quality control yeah. coach. Like, what have you learned that you didn't know? The biggest thing that I is how many people are working behind the scenes to give the 26 guys on the roster everything they need, right? That was two months ago. <laughs> right here on Ace Cast Live, Stephen Vogt was talking about, you know, I'm learning a lot, being in the bullpen, being in uniform, and here we are. You're now the manager of the Cleveland Guardians. Wow, it blows my mind. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I there's even more people than I, than I realized. <laughs> in the it's how un- much? Just think about that in too much. How, in those two months, how much your life has changed? Uh, I mean, incredibly. I, it, the last five weeks, however long it's been now, month, um, everything's different. You know, the the family. Now we're going to be commuting to Cleveland. We're yeah. going to, you know, instead of driving an hour and 10, it's flying five hours, you know, so a little longer commute. But um, just I'm I'm so humbled. I'm so honored to be given this opportunity to, to be given the chance to earn this opportunity. And I couldn't be more excited to be joining the Cleveland Guardians. It's literally like you've been living at Disneyland. You've been living this fairy tale, right? The last AB, the ending of the career. Now you're getting a manager. I mean, it's like you've been living in Disneyland. Yeah, yeah and I don't take it lightly. It's, uh, it, like I said, from the beginning, just give me an opportunity. Yeah. I just want to earn an opportunity. And, you know, I told Alyssa when I was coming to the minor leagues, I'm like, man, if I can just get to the big leagues and somebody gives me a chance, I'm going to do it. And, you know, and then I, I know I can coach. I know I can go straight to the big leagues and coach. I just, I know if somebody gives me an opportunity, I can do it. And, you know, and then just get me in that interview room. I know if I can get in that inter- interview room, I can show them who I am. And uh, being able to have that opportunity and now to be sitting in this seat with you talking like this, I don't take it, f- I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. I've worked. I've worked and worked and worked and learned and picked people's brains and paid attention all for building up to this. And now we're just getting started. And it's just been so much fun. And like I said, I'm, I'm honored, I'm humbled, and I couldn't be more excited. I mean, I'm honored because I think like – you were in tears. We had you in tears that last interview before that last game. You cried on this show. And then we think about that interview we just showed you, and we think about now and just to watch. I, 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 I think of one guy because, you know, Ron, you know Wash, Ron Washington was here yesterday. The Angels didn't want to bring him on the show. They were like, well, we'll do it spring show. Wash went, no, I'm doing it. Yeah. And Wash came over, and we are I think about one guy who's – Really played. He, he didn't end up showing, but it really is Billy Bean. Billy Bean, what he did for Wash in his career, it's Billy Bean saw something in you, brought you over from Tampa, and obviously being a two-time All-Star and the opportunity with the A's is like Billy Bean. It's like it's amazing how certain people can help shape what happens in, in someone's life. For sure, and, and and I can't thank Billy, David, and Dan, and, and that whole group, and Bob, you know, for giving me the opportunity to show what I can do, and you know, obviously they saw something in me that uh, created an opportunity. And, you know, and Bob always told me, he's like, hey, go play. Take it and run. See what you can do. And I've taken that approach. And even Scott Service last year, he said, hey, go take an interview. Go see what you can do. Yeah. And gave me all the encouragement. And everyone along the way has just helped shape me into who I am. And uh, I couldn't be more thankful. And like you said, Billy, being able to spot 
what he sees and the way he sees it and then that group it's it's something pretty special now when you start thinking about i'm the manager of the guardians like 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 getting prepared i know you're gonna hit the holidays got the young kids you're gonna be doing all of that but like you know before you know it spring training's gonna be here what like like what's been the thought process like what kind of manager do you want to be? What kind of communicator? What kind of you know? How like how do you want to conduct yourself? Yeah. Have you thought about this? Yeah, I just want to be me. You know, yeah, I got a lot more on my plate and yeah. got a lot more responsibilities, and but I just want to be me. I want to be there for my players. I want to be there for the staff. I want to be there for the support staff. You know, I've said it a million times now, but it's there's 75 people a day that I need to make sure are feeling heard and valued, and I have that capacity. It's what I've done my whole career, and. Now I just have to make those decisions during the game and, <laughs> and get yelled at for it. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I think for me it's go be myself. That's what Bob told me. That's what Scott told me. That's what Craig Council told me. It's what Brian Snicker told me. That's what Matt Couture. All these people that have been huge influences on my career and on my life, they all said the same thing. Be yourself. Go be you. If you're not their guy, you're not their guy. But just go show them who you are. And, and that's what I've done throughout this whole – and will continue to do. And I got – a really good coaching staff around me to make sure that I continue to do that. We talked to Dan Otero yesterday. We had him on the program. It's great. The job that he has. I know he talked to you. <sighs> and um, how much fun was that? Like calling people that, just not buddies, but calling people that you love, you trust, because obviously that's what you need yeah. on your staff. What was it like making those phone calls? It was weird. You know, it was weird to, to call somebody that I am close with and say, hey, would you – you know, I can't, I can't promise anything, but if there's an opportunity that comes up, would you want to interview for a coaching job? And, you know, hearing yeses and nos and maybes, and but just putting that staff together and, and getting those commitments from people to at least come take a chance was, was really fun. Um, and there's some tough phone calls, right? You have to make some calls to some people that you love that say, hey, I don't have anything for you this year. And it's hard. It's not, yeah. e- it's not easy to tell somebody you love and you want to work with one day that we just don't have anything right now and I'm sorry. And but again, that's part of the part of this is just being me. And I've always been honest. I've always been upfront and honest and always will be. And, um, you know, but Dan Otero, you know, he's very special to me. And, um, you know, he still works for that other side. And, you know, but uh, no, he's 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 special. I'm glad he got got a chance to catch up with him. Cleveland is blue collar. It's hardworking. I whether you're talking about the city, you're talking about the Browns, you're talking about the Cavs. It's just the the the, the Guardians. It is a hardworking, hardcore sports town. It's I, I, you fit there. Like the uh, your career and how you went about your business and how you became an all star and how you your career it fits. Do you, did you get that like right away? Like this city because like. Francona and the Red Sox and everything, but he fit in Cleveland. Yeah. I you fit in Cleveland. Yeah. No, I I feel that way too. From the first from the first hour of the interview process, I told Alyssa, I said, I think I fit here. I think this is a good place. These are good people. It's the kind of city where we we fit in. Yeah, it's very blue collar. It's it's take your lunch pail to work. It's grab your hard hat and you know and that's how these guys already play because Tito Tito had that in place. That's the beauty of it. Coming in inheriting this, I feel so blessed. And, yeah, there's pressure. And, yeah, the t- filling Tito's shoes, you can't fill those shoes. It's let me just try and see if I can put them on and, and take a step, you know. But uh, for me, it's I do feel like I fit Cleveland, and I couldn't be more excited to work with this group. This organization is full of phenomenal people and resources, and I'm really excited to get to work. 
Yeah, I, I think about all the times you've played out these games in your mind, and as a catcher, you're always thinking about I'd change this guy. You, I mean, you've. Already, I mean, now, what do you think that's going to be like when when you're now making those decisions? You're making those yeah. every day before the game, during the game, and got to deal with it after the game. Yeah, again, it's it's we have a ton of good resources around me, and you know, from the front office, from our analytical group, and from our coaching staff. You know, we have. We looked it up. There's over, over 250 years of coaching experience on our coaching staff, you know, and 251 with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it, it's, that was a big year. Yeah, that it was, was a it big was a, year. It was a big oh, year. Yeah. But it's relying on the people around me to, to help me educate and learn this is when you do these things and leaning on them. But ultimately it is my decision, and I'm the one that's going to wear it, and it's, it's ultimately on me. But it's using all of these resources around me to help educate myself and what's going to put us in the best position to win, and that's what I'm about. All right, you have a unique situation that you're going to have probably for the next couple years is that you've played against everybody. Mm -hmm. You've just played. If you take all that, except for the young kids who just come up, you've done the scouting reports on these guys, you've competed against these guys. I see that as a major strength. I mean, have you thought – I mean, yeah. you've had have thought about oh, that, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think for me, like having that perspective and, and the scouting reports and all that, but also I played with young guys not too long ago. You know, our team in Oakland in 22, we had a ton of young guys. I know how they think. I know what's making them tick. I know when they're they're feeling like they're, they're underwater. And being able to spot that and go put my arm around them and encourage them I think is going to be huge. Yeah, we just had we had Johnny Gomes on today, and we were talking about 2012, 2000s, and you know, obviously 13 and everything. It's like thinking back on it, but you know, there's it just goes to show like what what you've learned. Like Johnny was talking about, never in his life, you know, because in 12, the team was like 13 and a half games back and came back, you know. You know, four back with five to go, came back. Like, Johnny says, it's distorted his view. Like, you always feel like you learn things in Oakland that you may not learn in other places, that you're always in it, you always have a chance, and payroll. and All the excuses don't yeah. matter. Yeah, and then having gone through that and, and having those experiences is going to help me relate to our guys, and it's going to help me explain things. It's going to help me do those things that are unpopular. And But Oakland Oakland teaches you that no matter who's in the room on any given night, no matter who's in the lineup, we can go out and win if we put our minds to it. And taking that foundation that I learned in Oakland is going to help tremendously now that I'm in this position in Cleveland. And you guys know – I mean, you've essentially been the standard in the central, right? And the twins are kind of falling off. Um, their their payroll is going to go down, and I know with Cleveland, it's just all about winning. Uh, you have to be happy about that. Is that there is a culture of winning that you're going into? Yeah, I, I'm I'm extremely thrilled to be joining that. And you know, the, the AL Central is a battle every year, um, but we feel like we're, we've got a chance, and that's all you you just got to get in. And you know, and that that message: once you get in, you get hot. Anything can happen from there. Well, it's been an honor to cover your career, right? When you came over, I think about the, the game-winning hit against the Tigers. I think about first time we did the interview about you being an all-star and then about you being an all-star a second time and then just, just your entire career and the thing we just did in the dugout and here we are, now you're a manager. It's been an honor to cover your career and watch you grow. It's been really yeah. cool. Well, I, I appreciate it. Oakland will always be home. It will always be our baseball home. And, uh, you know, Alyssa and I – we, we couldn't be more thrilled that we're going to be playing in Oakland on opening day. And, yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Too. I mean, right, right when I, we got, <laughs> the, got, the jo- got the job and we open up the schedule and it's like, holy crap, our first game is in Oakland. Are you kidding me? 
and it just made everything feel right and just to share that that day with the people in Oakland and being able to be there I mean all of you are a big part of why I'm here and I mean that wholeheartedly and that that goes for everyone that works for the Oakland A's from the front office to the staff to the concession stand workers to the security guards to the media you know everybody I, it, it's it's family and I can't wait to give Eric a hug behind home plate before the first game of the year you know and um, it's just it's one of those things that I, I couldn't be more happy about. How about when you're walking out to make a pitching change and the chant, I believe it's Steve Vote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm playing for the enemy. I'm, all right. I'm with the enemy. You'll never be the enemy. Come on. Hey, we're so proud of you. Thank you. It's I really appreciate a, it. It's been a great ride. Yes, it And has. Have, have great holidays with the family, and then uh, we'll see you at spring training. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The great Stephen Vote right here on A's Cast Live. That's going to do it for session one. We're going to be back with Bob Melvin when we come back. At what time? Uh, uh, they told me one thirty-five. That's this time. Central, P- yes. Central time. Eleven thirty-five. Eleven thirty-five. We'll be back with Bob Melvin right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Townsend and Commander Cody for Link Soul. you got to go to their website right now, linksoul.com. The new polos are unbelievable. New colors, lighter weight. We got our new summer shipment, Cody. I couldn't be happier. I look better, all thanks to Link Soul. So we're talking about new polos. You can check out their shorts. Anything you need for summer, they have it right now. When you go to their website, they've got a smoking summer deal. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.